you. I wish I wish I had a designated <laughs> rosé pourer. <laughs> it's summertime. I love my rosé in the summertime. No, I love that, that you're getting um, <laughs> bottle you have service. In your house. Yeah, you have bottle service. <laughs> Dude, we're like we're almost at a thousand downloads now. I'm I'm popular. I got like servants now and handmaids and shit. <laughs> oh, she How many of those internet are just fame. your wife? Just my wife. Yeah, <laughs> and I paid her to do that. <laughs> to download? <laughs> That's smart. <laughs> you are listening to Party at the All Points, a journey through the competitive realms of Age of Sigmar, and now your hosts. Dayton Obrey, Jeffrey Bodine, and Price Van Der yeah. Alright, are we kicking this thing off? Yep. Welcome back to JB and JB Talk HVAC. I'm here with my co-host, Jeff Bodine. Jeff, how cool are you today? Uh, You know what? I am frosty chill cool. You know why? Because my AC works great. Awesome. Joining us, as always, we have Dayton Obrey. Dayton, on a scale of 14 to, I don't know, let's give it like a 21 seer. How would you rate yourself today? Uh, I would rate myself as a negative four hearts with my wine okay but i gave you i gave you a scale of 14 to 21 seer yeah, and i choose to... not to accept your scale sir <laughs> okay. you know i thought he's a he's a contrarian Canadian. i thought having just you on piece. this would change the dynamic a little bit but clearly no no no, clearly no, no, I, no, got no. The, I got the i got the wrong half <laughs> now I'm, oh yeah every time every time that's what i tell my wife too um no i'm 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 both drinking for two and being obnoxious for two yeah that makes sense <sighs> Well, carry it on. Uh, we got Price Vandenberg as well. Price, yeah. how are you doing? Uh, I'm here, so that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and as you hear, we have a special guest again, returning to the show, Jacob Berry. How you doing? Will. I know, right? Uh, it's, I'm all right. I'm, I'm good. I'm glad you guys had me on here so I could talk with my best friend, Jeff Bodine, about HVAC. That's right, buddy. We're talking package units. We're talking heat pumps. We're talking dual fuel. We're bringing it all that's to right. you here. Nobody does boilers here in Nashville. I, I assume Memphis, you don't really see a lot of boiler systems either. But we can talk about them uh, if you got them. All very exciting stuff. But you know what? I think we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna cheat our audience and talk about AOS junk instead. Because I know they signed up for the HVAC show. How mad would you be if like, you really tuned into an HVAC podcast and they started talking about toy soldiers? <laughs> Oh, there's a bunch lost, of there's a bunch jacob. of pocket protectors oh. all crushed up right now god damn it jacob jacob lives in nashville his internet should be better than ours bougie as hell he's not hip and cool like you price oh there he is <laughs> it was all just an elaborate prank all right stop talking it's back to him I was going to say, he literally came on to talk about HVAC, and as soon as we said AOS, people left. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck that. Screw this. <laughs> I'm not so here boring. to talk about this bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that's nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'll clean that all up in production. No, no, no. Please don't. That'll undermine the whole joke. <laughs> oh, my God. Good that text. is a great, a great unintentional bit. So, uh, No, no. Yeah. I, it was very intentional. I literally left 
just to be contrarian. I do that in group chats too, and it drives Pagano nuts because I'll always message him right after telling him to add me back. <laughs> A little pseudo drama there. Exactly. It's all fabricated. Fair enough. All Lovely. right. Welcome to Party at the All Points, episode 11, where we're going to talk about seeing whether or not Stormcast can be viable after the GHB. Uh, I brought Jacob on. Because he does have some knowledge about Stormcast, even though he's focusing his attention into Daughters of Cain still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's that going, by the way? They're, it's going. Oh, they're paint. Oh, there's, there's, paint. there's paint on them. Also, they, they dropped the points on my delicious fiends, so fiends are now actually a lot more playable, too. They did, which is awesome, because that model is fantastic. I'm so psyched. Did you um, do boobs or no boobs? I oh. see. Half, Donner's half a cane or Hedonites? What are we this, one is, this one is Hedonites. This is like one of the only ones I can't really port to. Hey Jeff, you remember Donner's. that episode where he like showed his conversions, how he was doing? Oh, there's Jacob's penis. This is great for all our oh, podcast listeners. Good. He just showed us that. Yeah. He was showing us miniatures and he mistaken us wanting to watch his penis. So oh. uh, he's converting his Daughters of Cain to be slash Slanish and uh, Daughters. Yeah, oh, okay. it's a it's a dual army. So, oh, anyway, awesome. it was like eight tornado kicks to the dick that Slanesh has taken in like the past two weeks. Honestly, like, I get it. I get it. It was a a very potent, powerful army that people did not enjoy playing against. But like, there's a couple of them. We're like, oh man, could you just slow down a bit? Like, it's a little rough. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm actually really okay with it because my I've I've wanted to play Slanesh for such a long time that every time they get knocked a little bit out of Vogue and out of the meta, I feel that much better jumping in and not feeling like I'm taking the filth. You know, like if I had jumped on right when they were at the like the, the peak of their filth, like say, oh, what's the guy's name from Florida? William, who like, you know, built up and played Slanesh at uh, LVO and like was, did he? I think he won LVO with the, the White Dwarf Battalion and Allegiance and you know, like those people who just like sort of jump on the bandwagon and let the list do the winning for them. Yeah. I'm a lot happier to do the opposite to let, let the band hammer or the nerf hammer come through hard. And then I can play them after when like everyone can still have a negative perception. That's fine. Cause then I can play psychological sort of warfare with them yeah. and, and make them still think that I'm playing the big bad. But realistically, I know that the army is actually pretty balanced. That's, that is I also an say, element of, I was just going to say there's an element of like, it is nice that you get to play something you want to play without having to have a conversation with your opponent or being concerned necessarily about your opponent. Enjoying or apologizing that game ever. <laughs> right. Yeah, because it's, well, it's not fun to play something and be like, oh man, I'm really sorry I kicked the dog shit out of you. I'm uh, right. sorry about that. <laughs> right. And no one likes being apologized to. It doesn't no. make it better. It's like when someone has really good roles and they like, they sympathy like, oh man, I, I'm so sorry. I just double cast on boxcars, but also go ahead and take off that unit of evocators. <laughs> man, I'm so sorry, but like uh, now I control the subjective, right? <laughs> like in the same fucking sentence, they're telling you how bad they kicked your dick in. It's true. Uh, All right. Uh, I, I know that we're not talking about tw- uh, Slanesh nerfs today. I apologize. Uh, I'm the off topic guy today. So. But I actually don't think that they've been hit that hard compared to some of the other stuff. It's just like incrementally they're the thing is everything now is so strong. Right. Every army can basically take off two thirds of the field and it comes down to drops and play and scenario and like 
so no one no one is the big bad except for maybe like one drop no retreat zinch is like yeah. still kind of the big bad yeah i think uh yeah the the offense of the game has skyrocketed and so slanesh is just at a point where it feels less potent because everything else has kind of hit the same level that it exists at right. uh, where for a while it was the only thing that could do a lot of the damage it could do well, we or, don't have any bandwagon jumpers in Age of Sigmar, do we? Like, we don't have, like, no. Seraphon sold out for the last two months. And <laughs> no, no one would no, ever man. do that. Because that was everybody's favorite army, and they've just been really excited to play Seraphon when they came out. Nothing to do with the rules. They're yeah, super silly. excited. Wait, they um, got new rules? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, Salamander's no. went up. That's really tough. What I Actually, I mean, you know, I kind of really agree with Jacob here on how they're actually, to me, they're – in a really good spot because people think they've been nerfed into the dirt. So then they're like, okay, they're not as good. So I don't have to worry about them. So then the mentality of defensiveness against them starts to drop. And then with good player skill and really good lists, you could slip right through the cracks. I like it. I also like, think it's almost okay. borderline like closet meta, you know, Jeff won't let you talk. It's fine. No, that's okay. I want to finish my thought. You didn't have me on. No, I'm, I'm a chronic interrupter. So I, I'm okay with it. Um, it's also, it's, you know, I started playing Skaven at the peak of their brokenness because uh, that was how long I had to paint them. Uh, and then I played them at like one or two tournaments when they were at the just the height of undercosted and over overpowered. Um, and then they've like come down significantly, but I still think they're really strong. But people sleep on them now. They forget that Skaven still have all the tools. And unless you play probably like 12 storm fiends uh you're actually probably people underestimate how strong a list can still be with skaven yep which i'm that's fine exactly with. my point uh exactly. yeah uh i just got back from a tournament because we can do that in canada now uh, show off yeah i know yeah. right did you get, did you get you. a covid test no i have not but it wasn't needed because the hosts i mean it's a game system that we do not mention on the site uh, no one wants to listen about 40k. Oh shit, you were playing War Machine? <laughs> <laughs> that was a Kings of War tournament. Um. Oh, no, but uh, they usually host it with about 50 people. They dropped it down to 30. They did it outdoors and set up tents in their backyard. They have this really big, huge acreage. And they set up tents. They spaced out all the tables perfectly. They had, it was super hot the whole weekend. So they had a misting station. They had an ice cream freezer full of like freezies and ice creams and waters of everything you wanted. It was $70 a ticket. They provided you with lunch and dinner and uh, the catered by Tim Hortons. No, no legit. Like homemade meals. Like we had, we had a borscht and chili and everything else. Oh, it's really good. Neither of those sound good for when it's hot out. (laughs) Borscht? Borscht is cold. (laughs) Tim Hortons almost killed uh, Rob Symes. So I don't think you guys should really be supporting that. So yeah, we got to treat him well now too, because he's kind of promoting us quite a bit. So. (laughs) <laughs> riding the, we're riding the rob train so uh, but touch. uh no it was a really good tournament and properly done they hand knit a bunch of masks for everyone so if you didn't provide one for yourself then they had them there for you so that that was really smart and uh yeah really good prize support awesome roll dice in the tournament scene again and uh it was great to bring out the speedo and rocket you're lucky yeah uh, unfortunately, my shift changed, so I won't be able to hit that Age of Sigmar tournament at the end of this month now. But, uh, oh well. I'm sure there'll be a couple more. Canada seems to be rolling pretty fine. But uh, listeners that have tuned in from England, awesome. Australia, 
eh, I mean, I'm sure you're enjoying the episode from your stolen phone. And we got listeners in Italy, Egypt, Denmark, Germany, Greece, Japan, Belgium, Austria, New Zealand. Live? Uh, no, not yet. Maybe oh. I'll maybe I'll get some people in. It'd be amazing oh. if they were live. Oh my Dude, god, they'd be so disappointed if this show was live. Do you know how much production has to be done to make it good? Though, so don't, don't shit on them too hard. <laughs> you have to shit on Aussies. This is part of the culture. Well, it's, it's fine because they won't actually find out you said it until like 2044 or something like that. Boy, they, yeah. they live in the future. <laughs> they live in the future, but they only just got season two of Friends, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is it got some time. Yeah. Ross I can live a good, lame. long, full life. Yeah, Ross will always be lame. But he they, gets a little squirrely at the end. His character changes. There's some character development there. Bro, I tell you right now, I'm not here for a Friends podcast, fellas. I fucking hate this show. Um, I'm cool. here on record saying that Big I hate Big Bang Theory. Let's do it. Oh, oh my God. That's even worse. Also awful. <laughs> I'm not a big TV watcher. I don't know, Jeff. You got any uh, hobby going on? Um, let's see. For AOS-related stuff, I bought up the last of what i needed for my new stormcast list yeah buddy yeah so after a couple of restocks i was able to get the last missing links out of my list and uh, i'm now ready to rock this dude i believe in it it's really strong is it all gunboats are you outlying in a bunch of gunboats no no it's pure storm it's pure stormcast price has played it yep i played against it it's uh jeff got me on that one what were you playing, Price? Uh, Cities of Sigmar. I was playing a Living Cities list. Oh, shit. Yep. That's, that's so, it's two very speed-oriented armies. and yeah, it, made me, it made me definitely like go back to the drawing board on what I want to do with uh, Cities of Sigmar as a whole. Uh, but it was a fun game. Uh, obviously, we'll dive more into that list as we get into the meat yeah. and potatoes of the podcast. But I, it was... It's both legitimately good and a very fun list to play against, which sometimes is a rare combo to find. That's uh, awesome. But it, but it checks both boxes pretty effectively, which I thought was a lot of fun to play. It was better than I thought it would be, both to play with and to perform. Yep. So I was pleased. Uh, you <laughs> seem to be painting some uh, army mans. What are you, are you working on your yep, daughter's I'm working on. I'm working on my, uh, my daughter's oh. cane. This is a blood cool. sister. Nice. And got the head swap going on to give them a little bit more Slaneshi evil elf vibes. Yeah. And then through the uh, the spear tips from the, uh, shoot, what are they Zangors? called? Zangor, Zangor Enlightened. Yeah, yeah, because, so the funny thing is there's no, there's basically no weaponry for Slaanesh in the range, like in any range, because it's mostly claws. Um, but I also noticed that most of the Zinch stuff is really ornate because that's still the way Zinch sort of rolls. So aside from the sort of fire motif, it's all really generic ornate iconography. So I just yeah. started taking bits from my Zinch army if I needed weaponry uh, and throwing it onto these these girls. You know, some of them, I'll show you a different one. Like the, the champs have the, the big glaive and it almost looks the wrong size i'm almost not in love with it also i, has that I mean big, i think it looks awesome it has a big eye in the middle yeah yeah it but yeah cane bits and stuff and like <laughs> totally. honestly the as far as the lore goes with what we've learned from like Warcry war bands and stuff like that there's so many really cool elements of chaos that don't know that they're worshiping 
a specific god already anyway like because right. all the you know all the Warcry warbands worship a chaos god but they don't understand that they're worshiping a specific one or they worship no. a specific aspect of their god right yeah totally yep that's uh i think those look pretty pretty fucking rad and what was yep. super cool about that conversion is then it freed up all of the cool looking glaives from the blood sisters and now i'm using them for my warlocks who are also oh. going to be oh, yeah, that's super horse cool. you know and uh the and they, Slanesh, they have a lot of whips and stuff so yeah the the sisters will have uh, their weapons are a natural fit. Yeah, that's like the one kit I actually haven't really converted mm -hmm. at all. Is I've just used pretty straight up sisters of slaughter. Yeah. Yep. Dayton, what about you, man? What you been working on? Uh, I was busy. I had to negotiate some contract language and stuff for a week, and then I went to that tournament. I painted up uh, my blood or my zombie dragon. Yeah. Hey. -o. I was uh, while I was negotiating writing language at the table, so that was fun. And I've been slowly collecting some Seraphon to be that guy. <laughs> you fuck. Well, here's the way I look at it. I got kids and I got a wife that I always want to get into this into the game and they would love to play dinosaurs. Hell yeah. Nope. <laughs> dinosaurs are hey, man. dinosaurs are red as fuck, so that's a that's a fair point. And I think I'll have a, a lot excuse. of fun painting them. Yeah. That's a cool range. Like you can do a lot with fast techniques with them and they look really good, which is yeah. always fun. Also, we're recording on August 3rd, which is my anniversary. So I love my wife, and thank you for supporting us. Happy anniversary. <laughs> happy birthday to yes, Jeff Bodine. Yes, happy anniversary. And Jeff Bodine's birthday. <gasps> what? Yeah. Well, happy birthday, buddy. Who's that? Thank you, man. Thank you, Jeff. Man. Jeff's birthday. He's 31. It's your best oh, friend. You should birthday. know. Happy birthday, Jeff. <laughs> I wish. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to get you some, like, primo filtrate. Filters, what size returns do you have in your home? Um, I think they're like Jacob 20, just check to you. Like 18 by 24, I think it is, something like that. <laughs> it's a, it's it's in an apartment, so the oh, nice. utility the maintenance guy changes them, so I haven't really settled with it. Yeah, very but much. you know that if they're changing them, they're getting like the super cheap ones. Of course they are. We but, need to get uh, you filtreat gold. <laughs> Thank you, man. You're the best. Only the bestie for my bestie. Thank you. I appreciate it. Joe Pagano, if you're listening, I didn't mean a word of any of that. <laughs> He's not listening. It's fine. I was going to send you a Diet Coke, but now I think I won't. I'm kidding. You fat? get one. You if you want fat. one, you can have one. I think you just called me no, fat. I'm saying you have taste. <laughs> and Jeff drinks nothing but Jeff o or Diet Coke. So. Bodine is sponsored by Diet Coke in his regular like, real life. Yes. Um, he drives a car with a Diet Coke like emblem on the side of it. So I'm wearing Diet like, Coke underwear. Are you like the Red Bull girls but with Diet Coke? <laughs> <laughs> Here it is for all you camera having the, folk okay, out there. Okay, so what would the vehicle be then for Diet Coke? Like an old '70s Cadillac or something? Uh, or a no, just a. It's no, man, a, like a it's, a, it's a rogue, a Nissan Rogue, and it's super stylish and sleek <laughs> and modern. I like awesome. a Nissan Rogue. Oh, my God. If you gave me a Nissan Rogue, I'd sell it tomorrow. That thing's a piece of shit. Is it really? You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. I own one. It's wonderful. You have a Pathfinder. No, I do not. I have a Nissan Rogue. So here's a question. I, I love Price, that Would thing. you ever own a Volkswagen then? Uh, you know, yeah, I actually, I, I did... I've worked on uh, I've worked on a number of uh, assembly like construction lines that manufacture the Rogue. It's built on this. Uh, this is not the car podcast. It's built on a Sentra chassis, and I hate the way it rides. 
for the vast majority of our listeners, you probably don't care about that at all. Um, but uh, are you saying it, the vast majority of our listeners live in their basement and don't own a vehicle and ride the bus? I imagine that the vast majority of our <laughs> listeners approach their vehicle as a tool to get to and from wherever they work and play army that army men at, rather than actually caring about it. Um, our uh, our listeners are highly educated professionals who care about a wide range of topics. Price Vanderberg. I listen to our podcast, so that's inherently untrue. Uh, I am a Mississippi <laughs> public school graduate, so highly educated doesn't apply to me in any capacity. Uh, all right. Uh, so uh, continuing on with the trend of being massively off topic, uh, I imagine that we Sweet. probably at some point want to kick into Stormcast and talking about some of the cool things they can do. Uh, some of the cool uh, point drops I got. So. Uh, yeah, here, let's uh, take a little quick break for a segment I'm doing of AR, Are You AOS Curious? with Adam Abramowicz. Welcome to a little segment called Are You AOS Curious? With me today, I got Adam Abramowitz, a.k.a. WTC Team Leader of America, a.k.a. Army Painter Sponsored, a.k.a. Biggest Dick Energy in a Tournament, a.k.a. Chicken Legs. <laughs> oh, biggest dick in the that's a new one. So technically I'm not sponsored by the Army Painter. I actually work for him, dude. Oh, like okay. I'm an employee. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Uh yeah, I got you on the show. Uh this is like a little segment on our uh, podcast. We just like to reach out to 40k players and just see what's have you looked into Age of Sigmar at all? Is it something that's been on your mind? Like so my age of sigmar i mean warhammer fantasy is what brought me to tabletop gaming to begin with right and it was it was wood elves right out the gate like love the models you know the aerial model back in the day was the first model i ever painted um i still have it um but i never played a game because i i started with my cousins and they lived in new york so we just collected models we'd paint them and then next time we'd see each other every six months or something like that or a year, we'd show off what we painted. And um, I didn't get into actual gaming until about six years ago. And it was just on a complete whim. And the local 40K scene or the local gaming scene was all 40K. And that's what I kind of gravitated towards. And I've always wanted to play Age of Sigmar because I thought it'd be really cool to go back and build a wood elf army, you know, Sylvaneth army. And I have an Alareal model and I've got a, a, and a tree ancient and I've got, you know, a bunch of dryads. I've got the models and I almost purposely collected them for a Lords of the Wild army for Saga Age of Magic because that's what everybody back at the army painter, when I go to Denmark, that's what we play on Wednesday nights. We drink beer and we do two on two tag team Saga Age of Magic. I don't know anybody that plays Age of Sigmar. I know you play a bit of Age of Sigmar. I know uh, Pajama Pants played for a little bit. I know Bill Souza plays. That's about it. And yep. they don't live anywhere Frank near Loach, me. Frank uh, Loach, Joe Cryer, way above you. But uh, there's a good community in Tennessee, which I guess is not that far of a stretch for you. A bit. I mean, it's like, depending on where they're at, 
if if they're on the eastern side of Tennessee, it's about six and a half hours. If they're on the western side, it's about like ten. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, down here in in Podunk, Louisiana, I, I'd have to really do some digging to to find out. I barely have a forty k community here. Really, it's like me, and my buddy John, play almost every week, and there's a guy Skyler that plays, and one of the guys has moved away, so we don't we don't have a huge community down here for tabletop. Period. So uh, I totally feel that at all. Like that's, I live in a small town and I convinced a couple of firefighters to play with me once in a while. And that's all I get. I just got <laughs> back from a tournament. I had to drive five and a half hours for that tournament. Do you actually have a table set up at the station? Uh, I could, but I have a ultimate gaming table in my basement. So, so I am the host. My, my like we're building a house and it's going to be literally two blocks away from my wife's aunt and uncle and they're not that much older than us and he's a firefighter so he's got like three days off a week like i'm trying to convince him he, he totally wouldn't he's kind of like he's like a soccer jock i don't think that he'd ever get into tabletop gaming you'd be surprised so uh anyone that plays sports is competitive once oh, they yeah. understand the system they get competitive and they get into it then yeah we did one of my f- other future neighbors, he came by, we had a, this was like my worst tournament ever. I, I got stupid drunk. It was at a brewery of all places. Um, I couldn't, it's the only time I've ever forfeited a match. I, I, I <laughs> couldn't play my third round and um, total embarrassment. But my, my buddy came and he just kind of hung out drinking beers. He's like, this is actually kind of cool. I'm like, yeah, it's really cool, man. Like <laughs> tiny toy soldiers and, you know, throwing dice at each other. It's a lot of fun. Oh yeah, like it's yeah. People love to stand around and just watch the hobby being played. I got a couple of friends too that don't really understand it, but I have seen them watch me, and they're like, "Yeah, I, yeah, I could kind of get behind that." And they start getting so, jealous of like you have something to do because I think that's yeah, yeah, yeah. right now, right? Yeah, everybody just watches TV, and you know, I don't know, like I don't play golf. Like I think when guys turn thirty-five, forty, they're supposed to go play golf, or, or you know, <laughs> can't afford it now. Golf's expensive. So, so, yeah, and, and 40K and Age of Sigmar aren't <laughs> plastic crack. My wife me. listens to this. We've got to be careful here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's, I'm fortunate that it's, uh, it's all a business expense for me. Oh, yeah, so, of course. But right if you play 40K, you play Age of Sigmar. And I, yes, I'm, I'm, a bi, I'm a buy system player. You are totally buy. <laughs> but, like, how do, how do the games translate? I mean – there's no rank and file in, in Sigmar anymore. No. So basically age of Sigmar kind of rewrote its own rules and what eighth edition 40 K turned into borrowed a lot off of age of Sigmar just with the unicoherency and how that all kind of mingles along and how you can't join heroes with troops and stuff Squads like that anymore. Yeah. All that weird stuff that went on. So a lot of the things that came off of that were age of Sigmar. So it's actually not that hard of a translation. Uh, some of the biggest things to get wrap your head around would be the double turn mechanic. So yeah. at the end of every turn you roll off and whoever gets the highest gets to pick where they go first or second. And if it's a tie, it reverts back to what the previous turn was. So that, that can be, can, can that be gamed? Like, no, cause it, I mean, it's no. a dice roll. So you're always, what it does is it adds another element of shit. I don't want to put myself out of position in case I don't get the turn right away. Right. So you're always kind of keeping aware of that. But in a way, when you go up against an army that it might be a bad matchup, a double turn can pull you back into the game real quickly. 
And yeah, it's all about objectives. So the way I just got back from the ninth edition tournament and some of the stuff that I really, really like about it is uh, the, it's more of objective play now. Like you have guys that you don't even play with. They're just there to score your points in the objectives. Age of Sigmar yeah. is very much like that. And I would actually like to see some of the new rules from ninth edition coming into Age of Sigmar. But it's, uh, it's, 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 it's very much about the objective play and uh, screening out your opponent and stuff. Yeah, I've, I've been talking a lot about, I know we're supposed to be talking about Age of Sigmar, but <laughs> talking a lot about ninth edition is, is you got to have some forward deployment. You have to have some obsec and you have to have some something to get there quick, whether it's bikes, jetpacks, transports. Um, you know, so anyways, back to Age of Sigmar. What armies do you play in Age of Sigmar? Uh, so I have a Sylvaneth army made up, but I haven't played them. They're not really in a good spot right now. Uh, they're all painted, painted like uh, cherry blossoms. That's pretty sweet. I'll share it with you. That's pretty cool. And then uh, I'm mostly rolling uh, flesh eater quartz right now because I love my undead. I thought that um, for some reason I had this conversation about Sylvaneth, and somebody said that they were in a good place, but that must have been like a year ago. So yeah, they just got they... a new book too, and it's it's compared to the other ones, it's complete garbage. And then. What? Uh, we just got our new points updates, uh, General's Handbook, which is basically chapter approved. We right. get ours uh, in July, usually June, and the points were nothing favorable for Sylvaneth still. So, but uh, Alariel is still a decent model because she brings yeah. in a lot of points, so she brings back a lot. Unless, do you have the classic still, like the little metal one with the just the worst? I do. <laughs> I do somewhere, and I painted it with crappy like. Um, apple crate whatever it's called you know like walmart brand craft paints <laughs> and i i still have it there's a photo of it somewhere we're in the middle of this move so it's in a box somewhere but it's the only remaining original model that i have so a lot of another direction you go to is if you have a lot of wood elf uh, models they're still they're called wanderers and they've been pretty much tied in with uh, cities of sigmar so it's like the world exploded. There's all these realms and all the races kind of band together in these big cities. So that huh. that faction is basically like all the old models and they're all working together. So, And Cities of Sigmar I, is very competitive. I, I basically only have new stuff now. So it's yeah. Dreamin', it's, uh, it's the Kerneth Hunters, it's all that stuff. Which are great models. Uh, they look awesome. They're really cool models. They did a really great I mean, that's what when they released, I guess, how long ago was it that they started re redoing the models? Five years ago? Four years ago? Yeah, somewhere around there. I mean, they they just killed it, and they're really cool. Yeah, that, that's got to be one of the things they got on top of Ninth Edition, other than these new releases of the Krons, is the models are just better aesthetically yeah. in Age of Sigmar than they are in 40K. Well, and I, I've noticed that people, when you go to LVO, when you go to ETC or WTC, the people playing in these grand tournaments, they tend to, the Age of Sigmar players or the Ninth Age players tend to have better looking armies. They they really spend a lot of time painting them. And, and Well, there's things, so line of sight isn't really a big deal in yeah. Age of Sigmar. So you can base your models crazy and it doesn't really matter. Whereas 40K, yeah. it's, a, it's a friggin' gaming system. Like, I can see your model, so I'm going to shoot it. So it, it's right. a disadvantage to start going crazy with conversions. Whereas Age of Sigmar is very much promotes it. So what, what would you suggest would be the biggest difference between 
Because you know if I'm going to do it, I'm going to want to try and play competitively yeah, at some point. Yeah, that's pretty much everything you're about. So what, you know, <laughs> what's the biggest difference between Sigmar, you know, tryhards and 40k tryhards? Uh, attitude? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's fair. What, what's... I, I haven't really... Well, I, that's not true. Uh, you know Alex Gonzalez? I don't know. Not, not from Adepticon, but there's another guy. So he's a good friend of mine, and he's based out of Portland, and he's like a top ITC player. But um, like it's there's there's armies that are definitely ahead of others, and it seems to be like every codex that comes out there's a little bit of a power creep. But I think it'll all be balanced out once everyone has their own books. But um, honestly, just getting to know your army better than your opponent. It's the same as 40k. If you know exactly what your army is going to do, you're going to catch people off guard. Yeah. Because you're playing your game, right? And not trying to pick it up. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a friendlier crowd, I would say. And there's less of them, yeah. right? This is not GW's big seller. That's obviously right. 40k. You don't have 800-person GTs. No, and they have actually lowered the numbers for uh, getting major status. But here's another thing too. The Age of Sigmar care, uh, community, for the most part, doesn't care about the ITC point rankings. Like, really? you will have more tournaments, in my opinion, that are not ITC than uh, just, just playing, right? Yeah, I've never gone after, like, an ITC ranking for a while there. I thought it was kind of fun when I was playing Blood Angels to see myself somewhere near the top, you know? Um, but, like... I've never set a goal to go and win best in faction. Cause I don't, you, you you're like me, you have a family, right? So yeah, we balance go to the, a big life. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I want to go to the events that I go to and do as best as I can at them, but I'm not somebody that can go and chase 30 GTs a year. Like that's never going to happen. No, we just so. show up, have a good time and uh, try to be the best general. Oh, that's no name drop. <laughs> I know, right. Just case anyone didn't know, Adam does have a podcast, or at least well, I did, I did. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe the next, the next season will be Age of Sigmar related. Maybe it'll be me learning how to be a, a Sigmar player and trying to win. I don't know. What's the big? Is LVO the biggest Sigmar event? LVO is one of the biggest uh, still for Age of Sigmar, and then uh, CanCon down in Australia, I think, is pretty much another. And then uh, London has their big one as well. But for, I think it'd be really fun to go to Australia. Oh yeah, those guys party, man! Like seriously, yeah. we have a few That's, listeners. Those guys fuck for sure. Yeah, we. <laughs> so between Sweden and Australia, the guys from Team Sweden and Team Australia at ETC WTC, bonkers great times, bonkers great times, really fun dudes. And then you've Are got you, Brahimovic, who's just like a total meathead, and you know does <laughs> dumb shit, and I love it. It's so fun. Yeah, so you are going to be continuing on with the WTC? What? I mean, the we'll see. So WTC was supposed to happen this week. Um, and, you know, obviously they made the smart decision not to have it. Not that Team USA could go anyways because we are apparently bad. are inept and <laughs> unable. You know, our president wanted a wall, but it looks like we didn't need one. The rest of the oh. world just built one around this. You, you know? can't come and to Canada. I'm sorry. I, I know. I have a biz- I own a business in Canada, right? And I work for a business in Denmark, and I can't go to either of them right now. And uh, it's just it's such an embarrassment. Anyways, but we, you know, 
we really hope that we're able to get a handle on this and the rest of the world is going to continue to do what they've been doing and, you know, really proud of them so that we can go back to Austria next year. Um, as of right now, the team's going to remain the same for Team USA 40K. Yep. Um, that's Sean is the captain of the team and he's, he's said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to make any changes to the team. If something comes up, we can address it then. So I, I think I'll still be coach. And I've told him I would be happy to be coach as long as they will have me because I really enjoy coaching. It's, um, it's, it's a different experience, but a lot of fun. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely a different system, right? Like, uh, going at it from a completely different viewpoint. And, uh, obviously if you got lots of experience playing, those are the captains you want coaches, but, uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be neat. One of the guys, uh, one of the co-hosts on the show. So I have two co-hosts, Jeff Bodine and uh, Price Vandenberg. They're both from Tennessee. Hence me knowing the age of Sigmar seen in Tennessee and, uh, Price Vandenberg is very much interested in coaching more than playing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's um, coaching's, especially from the, I don't know how, I, how it contrasts or compares to Sigmar, but for us, you know, when you go in and you develop the matchups and the pairings and you have this preconceived notion as to how every matchup should go. And then you get to the tables and you've, you've got your numbers and they say, well, this should be a five point win. So, you know, it's going to be a 15, five, this is going to be a blah, 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 blah. Or uh, it's just, it can switch as quickly as a CC initiative, which we know is gone, right? As yep. of right now. Um, or just like one bad turn. You know, I remember Nick Rose telling me, you know, he was playing that stupid, like 330 Gretchen army. And he looked at me and it's like, I right, just mark me down as a zero, mark me down as a zero. And he was supposed to score 18 points in that game. And I'm like, fuck, <laughs> fuck. So I'm like, I'm, I'm hassling. I'm going to figure out how we can make some points up with the other matches. And we, you know, somebody else like Alex Fennel's game's already done. He's like, yeah, it was a 10, 10. Like, we needed you to get eight points out of that one, you know? And then, Nick's screaming from across the hall and he's like, my loot has just started showing off to going crazy. It's going to be a 20 for me. And he's saying this to his opponent and they're like in turn two. And it's just, I don't know. It's a totally different experience. It's a total different rush. And um, I know that I'm still not quite the, I wouldn't say that I'm, I don't have the ability to play on the team yet. Um, I think, I I think I I still need some work and more experience, but uh, I do enjoy coaching. Yeah, you're the relay. You're the communication between all the players, right? And, and informing them what's going on. For those that don't know, the players themselves don't interact with each other during matches. It's the coach that goes around and tells them what they need and tries to figure out in his head where they're at with the points to beat the other team. Yeah, and you have to be very careful about what you say as well because you can't tell them – you can't give them any in-game advice. You can't tell them, well, you should just put this unit of – you know tree walkers over there or space marines over there that that Um, that should just be a general if you're watching someone play a game shut the fuck up about anything on that game yeah (laughs) and just that happens sigmar too like you go to tournaments and like that's just people it's just people yeah yeah just shut up and let the game happen yeah it's it's very frustrating tell them afterwards after the game but uh yeah yeah unless of course they're doing something wrong that's against the rules then you can let them know that that's not cool. <laughs> so Dayton, you have to like, should I play Sigmar? Should yes. I try and get like my local gaming buddies to play age of Sigmar? Yes. And they will, anyone that's never played uh, any of the systems before will be able to gravitate themselves towards age of Sigmar quicker than 40 K. 
it's a simpler game so. yes it's more about the movement as opposed to the fighting and all the other phases and rules it's uh it's it's a friendlier system uh like i said i that's what i do i teach new people how to play a game because i need to play against someone and it's right. a game that they can wrap their head around even though you're teaching all the time which is not the best you're not getting a competitive experience but it's still you're rolling dice which we all need desperately right now well, if you ever listen to my show we talk about muscle memory a bit and how it relates to gaming and when i really start getting good at something it's not just because i've i've beaten or played really tough competition it's because i've done the same thing with my army multiple 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 times and you know how to put yourself in this, those situations to do that. And if Sigmar is a movement game, you know, it's more about the movement phase. I think that I will really enjoy that because I tend to like armies that exploit the music, you know, the movement phase the most, you know, blood that's, angels. Yeah. Back that's what it's all about. Yeah. For sure. The games yeah. are won by the movement phase. Cool. Because you could be just getting hammered, but if you're picking up objectives and doing what's needed to be done, you're pulling out of it. And that's, that's a really awesome. cool aspect to it. For sure. Well, I might okay. I might need you to make me a model list. Like tell me what I need to get. <laughs> <laughs> for Sylvaneth? Shit. Yeah, I have dude. to reach out. I'll have to reach out to some friends for that one for sure. Can you still do the trees? Can you do like the forest and move them around? Yeah. Uh they've changed the models. Yeah. Know. They've redone the, the the trees themselves. They've they look better now and they're easier to move move through. But yes, they are very much about dropping a couple trees and playing that game. But that I, sounds awesome. They have really expensive big characters that don't yeah. do much, and I think that's what hurts them the most. But Dryads, um, you still need your screens. Uh, Kornoth Hunters are going to be your killers. And uh, a Dirthu. A Dirthu will always do work. Dirthu's the best. No, Dirthu's so good. You get more than one, too. You get more than one Dirthu? Yeah. He's not a named character. He's a character. What? Wait a second. How his name is Durthu. I know. You Durthu can have a Treeman Ancient. You could have it's a named character. It's like having Orion. And that's not like, gonna go back to my book and realize I'm stupid and everyone's gonna call me out, which is fine, because when I don't have my co host here, I don't know fuck all. <laughs> so I tell you what, here's the deal. If if they ever re release the Orion model. They that's won't. they won't? No, because it's they've changed. So Alariel now is a god. Okay. So well, she, she always is, was a god, though, wasn't she? She was kind of like a Alariel. Yeah, she was a spirit or whatever the the life part of it. But now she is basically vengeance and life all rolled into one. So she's okay. also the aggression, which was the the hunter, right? Yeah, that was his whole thing. But uh, that's yeah, kind of she, a bummer. But she does. She she hits like a tank. She's awesome. Do you, th- do you think I could take Magnus the Red from 40k Converted and convert the-, the crap out of him to make him <laughs> give him the spear, and then use him as a counts as Alareal and this the giant dung beetle? Yeah, uh, I'd take like Morty's wings or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that could be done. There's some conversion there, and people love conversions in Age of Sigmar. You can go you can put the hounds around the base. Just take some space wolf, you know, Fenrisian hounds. Yeah, yeah. There's some work to be done there. Now my brain's spinning. <laughs> all right, just get some games in. That's all. Yeah, and uh, you'll you'll have a good time. I, I made the switch probably about last year, and I still play both systems because 40k is still fun. 
but I'm trying to focus more into Age of Sigmar, and it's been a blast. So at L- if LVO happens this year, I don't want to say at LVO, I don't want to be too presumptuous. Will you be playing in the big hall or will you be in the other room? No, so at <laughs> the big hall. I'll be there early to set everything up in the big hall, but I bought all my tickets for Age of Sigmar. But I have just reached out to Reese yesterday and I told him, look at, I don't think you guys are getting your shit together by January. I hope you do. But if that case works out, um, I'm not asking for a refund. Take all my shit. I'll buy new tickets next year. Uh, because yeah. those guys are very dependent upon their tournaments. And yeah. uh, I don't think they're going to do so well this year. But we got to keep those going around too because LVO is the best. It is a good time. It's I, I don't like staying in a casino for a week especially because it's like a week before I have to go stay in another casino for a week for work. Um, but it is, it's, it's great. Like this past year was the best because I didn't go out and party hard or do anything crazy. Cause I didn't have Nick Nanavati sharing a room with me. So yep. like it was, you go out, you have a couple beers after dinner, you know, and you're in bed by 11 o'clock and it was great. Wake up early, have your coffee, just playing 40 K and enjoying Vegas. Like an adult was actually really nice. Well, yeah, even I actually toned it down a bit and I had pants on and I was able to actually have a real conversation with your daughter as opposed to scaring her. It's <laughs> <laughs> right. I think every LVO you've somehow like managed to pop into a FaceTime call with my kid. <laughs> Something pops in, whether it's my face or anything else. But yeah. You're junk. So yeah. why do I have to apologize to your wife? <laughs> you don't have to apologize to my wife. You sent Who me a message to- saying that you have to apologize to my wife. <laughs> oh, I don't remember. I, I don't know. You. Was it a drunk I, when I sent you I sent that? You a, I sent you a drunk, I uh, a, a, a junk picture. And I'm pretty sure. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because damn fun tournament. Yeah. That's why you have to apologize to my wife. When did you send that? The weekend. That was at the tournament. I was just at. That was this weekend? Yeah. Oh, they yeah, it a, was. They had a 30-man tournament two-day. Uh, Har- Harlequins was... are junk. They wanted yeah. Them. Well, I heard that they're good. I, I know Naden loves them. I'm going to keep going with Marines. I've been, you know, I, I have my custom chapter Marines. Yeah. And the best thing about it is that I can play them as whatever I want. So I've been like, I made a Kazaro Connor, you know? So it's like, I've, I t- cut off all the white scars bits and I just made my own Vulcan model. Yep. So. Oh, as, play around with everything as for our listeners here, uh, I'm not going to apologize. If I'm inviting 40k players on to talk Age of Sigmar, there's going to be 40k talk. So, oh, you got just, to. You bear with it. <laughs> I, I feel like how many how many 40k players have you had on? You're so my far? second now. I'm the second. Who came yeah. before me? Uh, one of the teammates. I've started off gentle. Now, okay. I'm, now I'm now I'm pulling strings. I want to. So I want to go down as one of the. I think I have more knowledge than the average 40k player about Age of Sigmar. You should. I think I bit. do. Even just in the base conversation, it sounded like you knew what you were talking about. So, so I'm winning at something. Yeah, we'll find out. Nah, we'll so yeah. are the are the are the the new elves the the swimmy elves the um Eidneth Deacon. Eidneth, De- are they any good? I saw them on like because we had the army painter table was the the stream table this year at like I built all the terrain for LVO's age of Sigmar tournament. Oh, so I painted, painted that in like one day. It was amazing to get it out there in time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I saw multiple times just popping in those, those guys riding the eels. eels. 
That's it. Yeah. So Idnet Deepkin are solely built around those eels. And those eels really? are just brutal. Yeah. yeah. It's it's basically like Chaplin dreadnoughts. Like they are the list. Are they are they kind of like a Death Star? Like the Death Stars exist in Sigmar? Yeah, so they pop in, you can't target them. Uh they they pop in and then they charge you and then they do a, a crap ton of mortal wounds and just wipe out whatever they hit. So you, it's really hard to screen against them too because they fly, so they can just go over yeah. your screens and hit what they want. So that's what they do. They're like little knives, and they can have multiple units of them just pop in sporadically throughout the match and just eliminate what they need to. So they're like shining spears. <laughs> kind of, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd say more, well, trying to more durable. durable. Yeah. If you get the three-up invul save on them. Yeah. And you have invul saves in Sigmar, correct? Uh, no. No. Okay. No, you don't. Uh, you'll have some units that can protect themselves against mortal wounds, but it's a usually not a guaranteed thing. It's usually like a five-up kind of stuff. I tell you what, if if Th- I'm able to get... kill more in Age of Sigmar. So tell me what point size I should strive to be. Talk to points. your friends. Thousand, thousand points. points. Yeah. I will do my best to have a thousand point army. If LVO happens this year, you can teach me my first game of Sigmar and we could see if we can do it on stream the night before. Oh yeah, for sure. I think we'll Frankie get, and Reese would let us do that. Yeah. We'll get some shoutcasters on there. <laughs> no, we, so you got to get one 40 K shoutcaster and one Sigmar shoutcaster. Like get that, make that. Well, Val plays Sigmar, doesn't he? Uh, I don't think he does. No, so get no. him up there and just I think that'd be great. You figure he would because he's on Rob Symes, the Honest Wargamer show, all the time. So I, he's got to start leaning towards Age of Sigmar a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Rob's great. Oh, Rob's um, great. He is awesome. He is awesome. <laughs> um, I think, I think we need to make that happen. And I will paint up a fully painted thousand point Sylvaneth army, and let you beat the shit out of me. Yep, there's Sylvaneth. Um, obviously, because you got those models ready, there are brand new elves, Lumineth. High Lumineth. Elves. I saw them, but they're I don't like high elves. Yeah, they're god elves basically, but they have some like uh, mountain features to them. So they have like cow, giant cow guys and stuff. Those models are actually pretty cool. I did I did like those things. They I are don't know. broken as shit right now too. So, of course they are. Teclas is a beast. Of course. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to do something. Yeah, man. I will find a way to make Sylvaneth good. Uh, If anything, uh, as I promise usually in these segments, I will be checking up on you at some point and seeing where you're at with that and see if your hobby has improved. Dude, you could go see see the models. I I have a tutorial. Now I have to give the the company shout out. If you go to the Army Painters YouTube channel, uh, I do a tree monster video where I paint up a tree man and you can see everything that I have painted. So I've got all my models so far are there and I've added some random things so far. So go take a look. Tell me what you think. Yeah. Uh, Army Painter has figured out that the dropper bottles are way better than anything else. <laughs> Why would you ever not have a dropper bottle? Yeah. GW is stubborn as crap. <laughs> they are. And I think that they, it's that maybe it's a branding thing. I don't know, but uh I mean, we're all fanboys of GW, but there are some things that they just get wrong a lot. <laughs> I took, I talk about get get things wrong. So I took my daughter to a GW store for the first time on Saturday. Yeah. Because she's in the building. She's only five years old. And uh, oh, I said, daughter's the same age. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
So I mean, get them playing some 40K or Age of Sigmar. She pays. But I basically said, you could buy whatever box you want. Just like, we're going to go in and if you like something, you can buy it. And the guy wouldn't let us into the showroom because obviously COVID. And I'm like, yep. dude, there's, there's nobody else in this store. We just, like, why are you even open? <laughs> so the experience for her wasn't as, you know, eye-opening as it could have been, unfortunately. Yeah, this was supposed to be a great father-daughter moment. Here's my yeah. hobby. Let's go explore. And it turns out the world's pretty fucked up right now. So, yeah, yeah like, that's uh, that's her painted stuff, so... Oh, dude, she's badass. <laughs> she That's waters really her awesome. paints down quite a bit, so she's learning. Good, good. <laughs> That's perfect. That's yeah. perfect. I'm proud of her. Oh, I tell yeah. you what, if if she if she uh, if she needs some paints for a uh, a new model or something like that, let me know and I'll send some stuff up to you. Yeah, sounds good, man. I'll be hitting up on that for sure. <laughs> All right, brother. All right, Adam. Uh, thanks for coming on the segment. And now you know that I have a podcast, so. Yeah, You're obviously, you have to listen to episode eleven, which is this okay. one. And uh, you what's it called? Yourself. What's the podcast called? Party at the All Points. Party at the All Points. I love it. Is it going to be in iTunes? Yep, it'll be on iTunes. We're into. I'm, I'm looking now. it up right now. Yeah. I have subscribed. Nice. You have I a subscriber. Hopefully, make you a believer. all right brother well you have a good one all right stay safe yeah you too man uh, be extra safe down there because your shit is crazy yeah i will take care man later hello welcome back ladies and gentlemen to the shenanigans at the eight points all eight of them all eight of them all right here's 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 like a legitimate gripe i have for you guys Why in the title of your show is there an apostrophe in the word all points? Because it's not, it's not something that's belonging to all point. Do you guys realize that your the title of your show in iTunes is all points with an apostrophe in it? Do you realize how much of that that I Dayton just showed me? And I was like, yeah, man, it looks dope. Put it up there. <laughs> I didn't okay. proofread it again. I know yeah. you're not smart enough to know there's a problem, that's, but there's two correct. guys here that should have seen a problem. Uh, there we go. So, another reason to listen to us. No comment. <laughs> Maybe we'll tell that answer in the next nine episodes. Yeah. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Tune in. Tune in to find out the truth. Tune in to reason find out seven might surprise you. <laughs> Oh my god. Do you know how much Rob Symes uses that now for everything? Yep. I've created a monster. <laughs> you fool. Uh yeah, so let's talk about Stormcast. Yeah. Let's do it. Yes. All right, going down the list. Celestar Ballista didn't change in points. What do we think? Well, 110 points. Still good? Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's still got a lot of play. I actually like it better it's in armies okay. that aren't Stormcast, but Yeah, I think it works better in a cities list. I agree. I like it in cities a lot. Yeah. Yep. Liberators down to 90. Yeah. Um, helpful. I mean, you know, some lists are constrained and you don't want to spend points on battle line if you don't have to, but, uh, you know, it's nice to not have to spend the extra points, but uh, you're probably better served by taking a different choice. Yeah. So I think it, it saves you 30 points if you're going min battle line. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's not actually a game changer. There's still it probably, is not. like it's probably about right. 
I don't know that 80 would work. I think 85 is probably right. Lately, I've been really feeling like they need to go to increments of fives. So I think yeah. 85 would be just right because 80 would probably be a little too cheap. Yeah, it's a weird situation where like sometimes they keep the points divisible by models and units and sometimes they don't. But yeah, 85, 90, I think is good. Um, liberators. I'd still, I'd still take them over Chaos Warriors. So I actually don't know that I agree with that because at least <laughs> yeah, Chaos Warriors have a rune shield. Uh, and I think the rune shield for if the whole goal of units just to babysit an objective, the rune shield is not a bad option. Um, I have seen uh, in the Twitterverse some people have been playing around with like possibly using liberators a little bit more. I think that's probably a fool's errand, but they're cheaper, so you know, and people I mean, have a boatload of them. So they, why not give it a shot? They get one hammer for every five guys. You put it on the champ for the extra attack. Um, the thing is for me is. Um, Stormcast are so expensive that you can't afford to waste units. Yeah. So the Liberators just really underperform when compared to any other choice in that slot. And sometimes it's just better to cough up the extra points to, to make him a, a more useful unit. So yeah. it's nice if they're, that they're cheap. And if you just have 90 points and need that third battle line, off you go. But um, I would probably start somewhere else for battle line. Like either sequiturs or judicators. Yeah, I think judicators are still just the far superior choice. I agree. They're awesome and they got cheaper. Yep. Are they 140 now? They are 140. Yeah, I think that's really fucking good. Yeah, that's a bargain mm -hmm. buy, especially given the inherent mobility of Stormcast to get them in position. Well, and they have excellent range. Yeah. They, they have excellent range. They're one of the longer shooting units in the game at 24. Yeah. I'm I'm a big fan. I I've always the list I've been I've played in Stormcast have been a unit of five sequiturs, ten sequiturs, and five judicators. And I seeing judicators drop really makes me happy. I love because how I the sequiturs went down. I'm sorry. Yeah, I love yeah. how the microphone picked up all of that diet coke drinking that you did, Jeff. <laughs> Man sponsored by Jeff by diet coke. Hey. He knows how to get the kid. Uh, you know what, people? Hey. The secret's out, buddy. People know that I drink Diet Coke. I'm not going to hide it. The secret was out in episode one. <laughs> this is true. No one's listened uh, to it, though, so it's fine. It's still, no. it's still a secret because <laughs> yeah. no one heard it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I took it away from you, Jacob. I took it away from yeah. you. Sorry. Thank you so much. I love you guys. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, what's next since we're just kind of continuing down the uh, point? Sure. Here. Just going down the list. Uh, we've got... Astrea Soulbright for 200. I'll be 100% honest with you. I don't know enough about Astrea Soulbright to make an informed decision. She's the named. Uh, She's the named Puma Rider. Yeah. Yep. What's great about her is she actually has the command ability off of the basic guy on Griff Charger, which is a way better command ability than the standard uh, Arcanum on Dracoline. So. She she gives you that option. It's super good because she can basically pick one of three things to do. Gotcha. Uh, it's like good, but again, only in hammers and yeah, that's the restraint. She's yeah. only good. I, she's only usable in a hammers of Sigmar army, which is probably arguably one of the weakest. Well, if you're playing hammers, you're taking Vandis. So why would you take her? And he's still very expensive, even with a points drop. I really, I think he's terrific. But he's he's pretty cost prohibitive. Yeah, he's very expensive. Uh, he's he's a tough sell for me. I played with him a few times, but 
he's just very expensive and you know he suffers he's a melee guy who suffers from the same thing that all the melee driven characters in stormcast suffer from and that they're just not quite good enough i mean damage three on his hammer is really good and he lets just natively all stormcast within 24 inches which is a huge bubble right yeah ignore, ignore battle shock which is awesome but uh I just don't think it's enough. Um, and like the plus one attack for his command ability, which is stackable, is also super great. He's I think he's he's high value, but unless you're building around him, you're yeah. not going to get your points out of him. And if you do build around him, you're really hamstringing yourself into into melee when there's armies out there that are faster and better at positioning than you're going to be. Yep, and everything that you're going to try and do, someone else is going to be able to do way better for cheaper. Mm-hmm. And you're just, you know, I just feel like he's a, he's a, unfortunately just a losers, a losers gambit. He's neat, but I'm gonna still make too a expensive. Here that I know almost nothing about any Stormcast special characters, specifically because they are in hammers, and yeah. hammers just feels. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where, like, I don't know. It's an odd design choice by Games Workshop to not have produced a single character that's not. Uh, not from any of the other storm hosts, but I guess hammers were the first one. And when they were doing a lot of the Stormcast heroes, that's basically what was out by and large. Yeah. I wish they would make a uh, Hamilcar uh, bear eater rule set. There's yeah. a white dwarf guy for anvils. I don't know if he's still valid, but he was he around. Is not. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah, okay. You. Yeah. Unless your friend or opponent allows you to use them in the game. Okay, right. I actually think that that's, that's not the worst way they could have written that because they put the onus on TOs. Yeah, what, to just allow them or not. Wouldn't you take yeah. responsibility for your own product, though, and just say yes or no? Oh, absolutely. But they could have done worse. They could have just continued to give non-answers that, were, uh, that the community had to answer on their own anyway, which is yeah, what I mean, they did. At, at so. least in this situation, you know, I'll be honest with you. I think if I were TO, I wouldn't care because there's almost nothing that they've produced in a White Dwarf that I'm overly concerned yeah. about tipping tournament balance. The only thing that's frustrating about White Dwarf content is ensuring that people are either aware of it or making sure that there's a copy so that if somebody needs to see the rules, it's available. Yeah, legality. Just when you have that kind of uh, vagueness, you can just people could theoretically get away with things. Uh, so we're not feeling warm about Solbright, is what we're saying. No, she's no. uh, yeah, she's okay. I mean, it's just not, yeah, she has a really cool model though. The problem is hammers just don't have a lot of play, and that means that all the special characters are pretty much like. Yeah. Uh, followed by that is Aventus Firestrike, who's the the named Toralon rider. Honestly, I've never seen a good Toralon build. I think they're it, way too expensive for what they do. Yeah. Agreed. The new one, the new points cost. I was actually playing around with it, and I, if you listen to the podcast by now, you know what I'm about to say, which is I was playing around with it in cities, where I think it might fit, uh, because in cities, uh, it's a two caster, mobile has some, but in Stormcast, as Jeff alluded to, it's just such an expensive book. Even with the new cost, I think Tarlon's probably still a little too pricey to get mileage out of. Well, and for an extra sixty points, you get Croak. Right. Which Let's not compare the book to Croak. <laughs> I mean, if book. we're talking how to how to make Stormcast viable, answer Ally one. And croak. <laughs> answer one is Croak. Yeah. Uh, he has a neat thing though with the Comet Trail. Whatever. Yeah, he, the, the but the Taralon does that as well. Both yeah. of them have that ability. Um, he does have like a interesting command ability, I think. 
Fiery Orator or something like that. What tells that dude's name? Uh, Aventus. Pick a friendly Hammers of Sigmar unit, hold it within 12 inches, add one to wound rolls for attacks made until the end of the phase. Yep. Plus one to wound is still a pretty like good buff, but again, as we've talked about, it's a Hammer-specific thing. Uh, he's a, a two-cast wizard, though. Jesus Christ, that model's head is so stupid. It's so bad. Oh, my God. It's like a weird goat monster. Just, yeah, it's the, the goat-faced beast. Oh, you do get uh, a Lord uh, Arcanum on foot if you build if you build it as a Ventus Firestrike, though. So hooray for that! Hey. Yeah, and I can't think of a single way you could do that in any other fashion. <laughs> All right, next up is Stormsire and Stormsire's Curse Breakers. I've never used them. I know that they have yep. a spell that people like. It's, a, yeah, it's an underbrand, Underworld's Warband. I think we can just move on. Yeah, yeah. next. Celestine Prime down to 300. Dude was already good. I think this change just makes him that much better. So. Yep, but not in, in uh, Stormcast. Not in Stormcast. Yeah. No, he's fantastic in cities and he's great in uh, Seraphon. Yeah, I just don't think he does anything that the rest of Stormcast can't do because they all already come down. Right. Yeah. Um, his, I mean, hold him there. He's got potential, but he still just soaks up a lot of points. Uh, so that said, when he comes down, if you guarantee that charge, he can just rock the dog shit out of people. So true. Maybe I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying he's not. For it's the hard to fit him in the he's an AOE, uh, AOE mortal wound as well. Right. So follow I do up like that. Comet. And you can, and you put that with, uh, the comet Lord on Dracoth, who also picks a point and does mortal wounds off of it. And yeah. You can also go with but that a, is uh, that is a that is a consistent result. That's within three. This the guy's thing is within D six, and it's just he can he can change the die though, right? Yes. Yeah, once per turn he can change yeah. basically any die roll he uses. Um, so depending on what you want to do, you can maximize it. But again, I can see him fitting in certain other books that uh, excuse me, Stormcast can ally in better. Yeah. Um, compared to what he does in Stormcast specifically. Uh, is a brilliant model, though. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he's cool looking. Uh, here's here's something I don't think, you know, maybe maybe it's a bit of a hot take. I think the swirls underneath the model giving him height are overdone. In the same way I think Nagash's swirls are kind of overdone. That's fair. I can understand that. He's flimsy as shit, too, when you actually have him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, eight wounds. Makes the, him hard yeah, to transport. Super easy. Oh, you meant flimsy, like physically. <laughs> no, we can do both. That's fine. Yeah. And he's right. also weak. Yeah. I mean, he's, right. he's, I, in my opinion, he's terrible. But, oh, he, uh, uh, there's some cities in Seraphon builds that he will fuck your day right up in. Yeah. I Absolutely. mean, if you get a hit on him, he's dead. But, yeah, that thing is in Seraphon, you won't, because he's going to drop in exactly where they want him, fix his dice rolls, and like, he just sweeps shit that Seraphon have already started working on. I think in Seraphon, he's gross. I think at 300 points, he is nearly a perfect ally for Seraphon. Funny how that turns out where he's perfect ally for Seraphon and Croak is a perfect ally for Stormcast. Yeah, they just, you know, they trade their iconic heroes. <laughs> yeah, but Croak is still really good in Seraphon. That's true. You know, yeah. whereas Celestin Prime is like, oh, well, you know, well, there's, I'm better there's like, in someone uh, else's there's, book. Uh, there's a cool build for him in Stormcast, but that's it. Um, all right. Next up, Errant Quester. Has anyone even read the War Scroll? 
Uh, yes, but uh, not because I thought he was good. I was interested in using him in a narrative thing I'm doing for Cities of Sigmar. And he's, he's not even commercially available, is he? No, he's the one that you get from Warhammer World exclusively. He's, oh, I have him. I have yeah. that model. He's, interestingly enough, uh, I don't know, I don't think I'd take him, but he's got fairly reasonable damage output for a single model. Okay. Uh, let me find his War Scroll right quick. Um, I got him I as a somewhere. gift from, from close personal friend and dweller below, Danny Paints. Nice. You're lucky. I am lucky. Danny is a good friend. Uh, so he's got three attacks, threes, threes, Ren 1, D3 damage. But what you do is you start at the start of the game, you pick a quest for him, basically like an oath that he has sworn. First, he ignores uh, enemy Ren characteristics, period. So he's a three plus uh, ethereal save, which is not bad to start with. Yeah, um, pretty good. He can either protect one of your heroes. Uh, you can allocate any unsaved wounds or mortal wounds to the errant quester instead. So basically it just becomes a five point wound sponge for your hero. Um, you can pick an enemy hero and reroll all failed hit and wound rolls when attacking that hero with your errant quester. Uh, and then uh, Fueled by Vengeance, which is actually probably the one from a general purpose that you use him for the most, is uh, add, you get to add one to his attacks characteristic for every 10 wounds he inflicts during the battle. So basically, you know, it's a D3 damage with three attacks, so you can reasonably pump out uh, a fair amount of attacks out of him. I don't think you're ever going to take the guy because he's hard to get in position. He's hard to do a lot with, but he's kind of neat. Like if you had yeah. access to him and you wanted to play something that maybe wasn't as you weren't focused Good. on, oh, I, I was just going to say like hyper competitive. Uh, maybe you're just playing with your friends or your kid who's not very good at the game. You might take him. So my kid is not very good at the game. She's seven months old. There you I, go. Think I, would, excuses, I think I would win excuses. pretty handily. Rack up those W's, man. Like, that's how you, you, yeah. know, you get internet famous, and you can just tell people how many games of Age of Sigmar you've got a thousand wins. <laughs> oh, yeah, play, dude. Uh, play Seraphon, and you're good. I should, uh, <laughs> I should just start putting my win-loss record in my, in my internet signature now. Exactly. And all my games against her. That's what the cool yeah. game is, oh. <laughs> That's very Yeah, I mean, if his reroll thing included rerolling damage, he might be a little more interesting. It's like, kind of like a character killer. He's not good. He's just fun. No, um, no. He's not enough attacks. Not yep. enough attacks. And expensive. All right. Enough on that guy. I can't believe we spent five minutes talking about him. Um, Gavril Sherhart, still 120, still good in hammers. Uh, mm -hmm. But people know what he does now. Yeah. So the surprise is gone. Yeah, true um, charge build's not really new or innovative. Well, and the fact that yeah. he no longer has – you can't bank as many – Command, command points, points makes it so you have to wait to drop your bomb. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's actually something that, that I want to point out. Stormcast rules are written with this concept that you have all these CPs that you just don't have. Right. So it's like, oh, man, this has so much potential, except it'll never work because you don't have enough CPs. You know, so like Vandas, stackable attacks. Okay, well, you're never going to have any. So you'll get one, maybe two. You basically have to act like you're playing Ideneth and wait until the third turn and then... Right, which I guess... Everything. Yeah, I mean, maybe you can, but I, that's the thing. Like, they they just... Yeah, they're written with this concept that doesn't actually happen in real life, so... Yep. 
Next is Knight of Zeros, 100 points. I think he's still phenomenal. I think 100 yep. points is probably still pretty reasonable. Um, you also see him a bunch in cities lists, and I think there's a good reason for that. You see him in a good number of Seraphon lists. Yep. I think yep, he's really, really good. And he, if you're playing him in any capacity where he can deep strike, he can always show up to make sure you get the rerolls where you want them. Just an all-round great model. Yeah, he's one of those where it's like if – if you gave me 500 extra points in a Stormcast list, I would probably bring at least 300 points worth of heroes, and he would always be one of them. Yeah. I am considering possibly including him instead of a third uh, of the other ones that I have. But uh, right now, the way I have it makes more sense. But he was originally part of it. So for me, he's, he's the fourth best Stormcast hero. Which is saying something, because Stormcasts have really good heroes, or support heroes, right? He's, so there's Relictor or Veritant, both really good. Um, so that counts as one. You've got your Castellant, which is always going to be terrific. And your Heralder, depending on your build, is going to be really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then you get the Azeros. But, uh, I, I mean, I love him. I wish, I wish I played with him more. I wish I could make points and like, make space for him more, but it's the problem with at that point, you've just spent 400 points almost 500 points on heroes and your models yeah. already cost so much. And I don't really, bad. don't really want more than three heroes. Yeah. His light's not a bad little bonus ability that you get to stack on him too, where once per game, you just get to pop out a, uh, you know, several enemy units taking B3 mortals, which if you can get them yep. in the right spot can help you clear stuff off for push, push late game objectives, which is pretty cool. So I think mm -hmm. zero is, you know, if we're doing like grading in that book, he's definitely in like the top of the class. Uh, for I agree. Stuff. He's always been useful and he will always be useful. What I would say he, is he makes up for lacking all the CPs, you know, like yeah. he makes it to where you don't have to spend on rerolling ones for everything. So, but he's also, I would say there's stuff in, in the Stormcast book. There's heroes that are arguably one plus, right? Like auto includes it. When I build a list, it doesn't matter what, what the theme is, I'm always going to include. Like a Relictor or a Veritant is just always going to be in my list. Uh, I've never built a list without them, and like Castellan almost always is the same way. He's, I wouldn't say auto-include, but he's the top of the optionals. Where it's like, he's auto-include, except you can't always afford him, so he's the first one to go. He's like the worst of the auto-includes. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I think that's a reasonable place to put him in the book, so... Yeah, I agree with that. Next up is a Heralder. I think we already said everything there is to say about him. If you want to charge stuff, you want him in your army. Uh, I mean, you could play two of him and never be sad about it. Nope, because he can also still blow up terrain as well to generate mortal wounds. So good double purpose, double utility yeah. model. Very and helpful. Even I appreciate that Dayton has nothing to say about Stormcast right now. This is uh, <laughs> why do you think I brought on Jacob? I'm here to drink my blush and listen to Stormcast. I do not play Stormcast. Have you played? Have you played against much Stormcast yet? Or are they not in no. the up there? No, I haven't. I haven't seen any Stormcast against me. Oh. Gotcha. Well, All right, next up, uh, we've got the Night Encanter down to 120. Whew. So. Nice. You, you audio people can't hear this, but I'm fanning myself. Because at 140, a Night Encanter was a good fucking deal. Mm -hmm. At 120, boy, howdy. That, that's, I mean, 
if you want to have magic, if you want to have magic resistance, this is an auto include as well. Add it to the list of auto includes. I know I'm going to throw this word around a lot, but it is so fucking good. And it's especially now in a meta where there's where there's something like Techless, where there's stuff like Croak and Nagash. I mean, Nagash has always been there, but like all the bonuses to cast, just having one one auto unbind that you can hold over someone's head to make sure you stop that one thing or mm-hmm. to force the Techless player to waste or to, to, to force the, the Lumineth player to waste Techless for a turn by using the one auto, uh, un, the un-unbindable spell, right? Like if, if Techless uses the, the only one spell a turn, ability they're doing it wrong and you're not getting enough out of him he's too expensive to only cast one spell yeah for sure and if you can scare them into doing that with the encanter then you've gotten your 120 points worth easy (laughs) see night encanter i have played against because it's just not in a storm cast it's in every other army absolutely big big time i'm I'm definitely gonna play one in my um daughters in my daughters yeah. yeah Uh, especially because they increased the cost of Scourge Runner Chariots. They did do that, deservedly. Um, but yeah, he's he's absolutely, or she is the case, maybe. Though there is a really cool... There is uh, a yeah, White Dwarf one. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's like $8, too, which for a Games Workshop model is ludicrously inexpensive. Yeah. Um, so if you want an alternate model, check out the uh, start, the like getting started... White Dwarf or something. I forget what it's called, but you can find it on Game Workshop's website if you want an alternate sculpt of him. I actually, my previous uh, Stormcast list, I always included a Night Encanter, and I paired her with the the Endless Spell Surfboard. So she was flying around with a 2-plus save and two nice. dispels. Yeah, very nice. I like that a lot. The days it's is, good. I, I think the it was great for being able to go and grab hero-only objectives early yeah you know and like force the combat somewhere else so she's unmolested and then her spell is a board based one so that way she's always doing something you know so i really like her and she was a great piece and in my previous list i would agree 100 percent. yeah it's interesting everything you're talking about my list is highly structured and disobeys everything you're saying but But um i agree with what you're saying which is funny Yeah. yeah 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 Well, because what we're talking about is even though ultimately when I reveal my list, it'll be contrary to everything. Well, because what we're talking about is like generic, like are they good? Are they playable? And the answer is just the answer to all those things is for Stormcast, no, it's they're not good. They're not really that playable. They're they're workable with gimmicks. They're workable with like a thing. What's your thing? Right. Um, and I mean, it's one of those, it's going to be a popular range. People like playing because they're easy to get. They're in nearly every starter set. They're easy to get your hands on and they're easy, easy to, to paint. They are easy to paint, uh, but they can also look really fantastic when painted. Not to suggest that like the traditional schemes aren't good looking, but I've seen like, it's an army that invites a lot of creativity if you want to, which I think is really cool. I have a question for Jacob here. All right. You were touting the virtue of the Lord Veritant. Yeah. Um, what do you like about him so much? Because to me, he was just kind of meh. So what, what is it about him that's ringing your bell? Because I don't. Great question. And before I, really I answer that, we should also talk about his price point went down. He's, he was 120, which the difference between him and a relictor was he has an extra wound and has an unbind and comes with a Griffhound. The thing he doesn't have compared to the Relictor, the Relictor has the storm or the, the, the two storm abilities, right? He can either do a healing storm 
or the lightning storm. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's really, really good. No doubt about it. But getting an extra unbind in a Stormcast army is a pretty big deal, right? Getting it for 10 points over the Relictor is a pretty big deal. Still having your prayer, right? Still having all those things and getting an extra Griffhound to run around and annoy people. Griffhounds are great to just see. Oh, on I see. He's a priest. God damn. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, so he get, gets a uh, prayer. Relocate or whichever yeah. one you want. God to damn do. it. I'm an idiot. Of course. He's good. Uh, but he that makes see total sense. Play. Now I see it. Now I see right. it. No, I get it now. It only he took 11 so episodes for Jeff to know. I know, right? That's hilarious. I mean, <laughs> if anything, that's, that, that's an interesting talking point just on the depth of the book. There's so much crap in here. Oh my God, there's so yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so much to look at. It's easy to like find things that you like that have a nice surface level. Of, of usefulness that you fixate on and you build around and then you know the other ones just fall away but yeah i didn't realize that son of a bitch man that's hilarious and actually if you look at his combat that's pretty damn good oh yeah he's way better than a relictor in combat and the yeah. number of times four attacks had... three three minus one two damage that's yeah pretty gnarly and the griffhound is quite good if you have any kind of nice shooting presence yes although because you can ring works... the alarm it only that only works if they're set up for the first time. So it doesn't work for teleports. No, but like I mean, that's but true. And there are so great, many things that are teleports summoning. that yep. yeah, it yeah, is, it is it's a niche fit, but it does occasionally work, and I've done it in the past because I ran a Lord Castellan religiously, so I got used to the technique. Right. He's he's culprit A number one of auto includes. Uh, yep. along with the Relictor, but now that the Relictor and the Veritant are only 10 points apart, I can see even more of an argument for the Veritant. Other good thing about the, um, the, the Veritant is with that Griffhound, you're getting one more body for mm -hmm. cheap, aka free, and they're great for zoning. Stormcast yeah, I was going to say, so zoning stuff out is the cheap. screening, the potential that I got from the dog was invaluable. Like I used to frustrate the shit out of people with that little hound and like blocking up uh, charge lines and stuff. Yeah. Like he's still an enemy model. He still has a three inch bubble around him. Well, and you can, you can use him the way skinks used to work where you charge, you have him fight yeah. first and then you bounce him off to claim an objective or to uh -huh. annoy people. But yeah, he's a, on... he's a player's model. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I really wish that Griff hounds were, you could were battle line. If I just, yeah. I would, I would play, if you could take three of them for 90 points, I would you probably wouldn't, do... Uh, you wouldn't take Liberators. Right. Right, exactly. That's why they're not bad. I agree completely. <laughs> um, but also, back to the Veritant, like, the number of... I've probably lost three or four games with Stormcast um, because my Relictor teleported somewhere, made his nine-inch charge, and then couldn't kill, like, one little thing. And having the Veritant be significantly choppier right yeah uh you know that could be literally twice the damage right uh all right let's keep going down the list we've got the knight quester same price you're not going to see it he's Next. a not good combat character pointless guy yep uh knight venator and the vex no venator is oh fuck which one is the venator versus the veritant venator's the bow right the venator is the, the bow. bow he dropped yep. down to 110 I think there's a place for him, but I think there's better shooting options in Stormcast. 
Yeah. Well, for a shooting we'll character, he has. Yeah, yeah. His I mean, like, my list ends up using him. Yeah, it, it is niche, but man, when it pays, it pays big. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Knight Vexler also dropped to one ten. He's the auto teleport. He's the banner, right? Yep. He is the banner. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, he he's his ability to be able to teleport a unit is fantastic. Agreed. Well, uh, I, he has another uh, banner ability that I've never read in the entire time I've played this game. It does, it does um, some damage. Yeah, yeah, you pick up points once per battle. You pick a point within 24 inches of him. Uh, each unit within 2d6 suffers d3 mortal wounds. That Not doesn't enough. seem as good as being able to auto-teleport once per game. So. Agreed. Yeah. But if Teleporting can him, help you win. Right. But if you take him and the Salicent Prime and the Lord on Drakoth and a the Celestial Comet and a Star Drake. Right. Could, you could kill three with. support heroes and then lose. Yeah, That's you my still hobby, lose though. game, but <laughs> I just want to kill three That's building for a theme, absolutely. All I want to do is kill three support heroes and then lose. Um, right. that's, so that's the list I'm going to take from now on. There it um, is. I have a very specific hobby. Uh, I don't actually care about winning games. I just want to kill three support heroes. Uh, God forbid if my opponent doesn't have three support heroes, I probably won't even play the game. I just like, hey, <laughs> Fuck this. And then I'll go drink. Flip the table and uh, just leave. <laughs> all right. Uh, on down the list, Vexler are pretty rad. Uh, maybe not an auto-include, but definitely there are builds that you could find places for him in. So, guys, we're like 14 War Scroll entries in, and I'm pretty sure there's around 60-plus. So, do we want to hit some highlights, or do you want to keep yeah. playing this game? Because I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm down for either one. I think probably highlights, because I imagine most of the people tuning into this know a little bit about Stormcast or are just interested in the, like... Well. Yeah, yeah, we just, can probably just for us. That we've lost we can probably party. just like talk about all the paladins <laughs> and all the Drakoth riders as a single commentary. Well, Drakoth riders haven't. Oh yeah, Drakoth. I'm thinking yeah. of Drakoth. Yep. Go ahead. They all <laughs> went down in cost. Same with paladins. Um, Drakoths were already pretty good. Uh, I think you know there any a point drop is always going to be helpful. Uh, still really like Tempesters fit in super well in Cities of Sigmar. Um, the points drop makes them awesome in living cities, if you're looking at that venue, because they like to be able to ambush, shoot, and then move. That's a pretty cool use for them. But all of yep. all of the Drakoth riders can ambush, shoot, and then move. Yeah, I, I, that's what I meant. Sorry, I didn't mean to okay. specifically. Okay. I meant just Drakoth riders. I actually gotcha. use the uh, decimators, decimators have the axes. Yeah, decimators. No, de decilators. Uh, decilators, sorry. Oh, and decimators are the foot version, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Desolators being 190 is really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because at 570, attack. you get six of them, and they each get six attacks. Yeah. With a fixed two damage weapon, which is not to be scoffed at, uh, plus the dry costs themselves with intolerable damage. Um, yeah. Pretty high point there. Unfortunately, I think the Paladins on foot variants are still just really tough to get anything out of, especially at move four. Uh, just feels like a pretty swift kick in the old ding a ling when you put them well, on the table. There's a couple of battalions that can allow you to drop them right on top of somebody. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I've talked about that a little bit with you, Price, but yeah. trying to find so, a way to make that work. I think protectors for the points and for the shooting meta that we're getting into are pretty good at 170, right? Like mm -hmm. you're getting close to the 10 points per wound mark. 
they are anti-shooting, they're anti-big monster, and they yep. protect the rest of your army. And they have a three-inch melee range, which is Very wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. So, so you can fight in two ranks with those dudes, like behind another unit that has shorter range, like another kind of paladin. Right. I think they're good. So I like them. I think yeah. that... Uh, I think that decimators are great if you really think you're going to face hordes, but you're going to struggle to get your points worth out of them. And I think retributors are probably still just a little too expensive. What's funny is for the, you, you know, you're still looking at an extra 40 points per, per five models, but evocators still just do everything better. Right. And give you a wizard. Yeah, and exactly. It, yeah. Paladins have like this blended, uh, defense and offense kind of style. I mean, what do, the, what do they have on defense aside from they have a three. protectors? They all they have, have a three. Uh, they all have a three, whereas the Evocator has a four. Nah, they they don't have a three, fours. dude. Paladins are four-up save. Yeah. I'm looking at their war scrolls right now is the only reason okay, I'm well. saying that with a degree of confidence. The only ones that have a three-up are the uh, the ones on Dracoths. Yeah. Reroll ones, too, on the Dracoths. Okay, so they don't really do anything, then? Yeah, it's it's really hard to make a case for the uh, for any of the paladins. <laughs> yeah, but I like them. It's I, it's down to a battalion build at that yeah, point. Like yeah, there's a battalion that drops them in right on top of somebody, and that is appealing because you have like a really easy, statistically speaking, charge to make, um, and they have enough attacks. And it gets to you, be and it gets you nasty. low drop. Right, because it does actually include a bunch yes. of stuff. That's Skyborn Slayers, yeah. for those of you listening. That listed up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the one I was talking about. And I think I had that down to like two or three drops. So It's solid, but if you if someone screens you, you're just sort of... Not yeah. sort of, you are SOL. Well, you use your battle line as the shooters and you try to clear them out. You can right. swear right. on this podcast. Th- you know what? Okay. What's Shit that? out of luck. Yeah, I mean, like, I think I was running 20 Judicators mm-hmm. in that list for the sole purpose of clearing out the screen junk to drop the Paladins. In. So you, were, you weren't dropping them until turn two? Uh, yeah, that's correct. Mm. It's a long so it's time, kind to, of, it's a long it's time a to leave only half an army on the table. Yeah, but I mean, I'm theoretically on turn one. You know, I've got turn one, yeah. and I can be aggressive with my judicators right. and go right at the screens, clear them out. And if I lose stuff, okay. But uh, after that, the paladins are coming in and they're coming in hot. So yeah. speaking of which, judicators. Judicators, 140. Yeah. They, were, they were worth their points at 160, I think. Yep, at and they're even they're... better value. They're just awesome. Mm-hmm. Great numbers, great range. Nothing not to like there. Nope. Um, so a couple things that I'm really excited about the, the change across the board to Lord Arcanum's dropping the one on the mm-hmm. cat is now 210. The one on the griff is 200. Um, mm-hmm. I love that because I love, I, I, the build I ran for a long time was the girl on the cat. Not, it wasn't actually the, the named character. It was just the Lord on cat and then six Dracolines. Um, and that is fun. They are yeah. really fun, and six, six will cut through pretty much anything in the game like hot butter. Yeah, they're really awesome on the charge. Huge damage. Yeah. Um, 
also the the Aquila dropping to 170 plays into the main thing that I was planning to bring to this conversation, which is that you can finally do the Stormcast Vanguard one drop. Yes. It's that's three battalions. Yep. That's what that's I've done. The list that, that Jeff and I were talking about earlier. That's the one I played yep. against Jeff. He played that against me. Oh, so. sweet. Okay. Yeah, nah, so. I, won't, I won't steal your thunder. Um, <laughs> but the other things that I've, I have seen that have gone down that's really exciting um, is the Aether Wings, right? Because so not to spoil the list you're going to talk about, but also just the generic shoot cast where you've got a pack of nine or 12 Vanguard Raptors. Mm -hmm. And uh, you you maybe have some evocators to give you some some counter punch, and then you have all the the birds in the world to stop things from getting to you. Those birds are now forty points, which is it's ridiculously cheap because I think uh, it's six wounds for forty points, which is really good. Yep. And yep. they're probably one of the best disruption pieces in the entire game. Yeah, they're very difficult to uh, – until you play against them a time or two, it's very difficult to understand just how much they can frustrate your gameplay. Um, <laughs> for listeners who have not had the opportunity to play against them, basically what happens is at the start of the charge phase, they get to make a, uh, a move, um, and they have to end within a certain range of uh, – is it Within 18 inches. Yeah, within 18, 18 inches of a Vanguard Raptor unit. Yep, and so you can use them to block up charge lanes or you can use them to block up movement lanes and then pull them out of charge range. Just a very effective unit that can do a lot of really nasty stuff. Or, or they, can, uh, move, they can move within three inches of your, like they can move in your charge range. Yeah, so you just put them at 2.9. Yeah, that unit I was now going to charge can't charge because it's engaged. Yep, it's within three inches. Yep. Uh, one more thing before we dive into Jeff's list, which I think is going to be a lot of fun to talk about. For me, I really like both the Star Drake drops. I know that super competitive but i think the model's super cool and i like that they at least got cheaper so that if you want to try and make something happen with one there's some options there uh and you're not just like paying a quarter of your army for the lord celestin on star drake i mean you so, still are but it's yeah it's, yeah, it's a little still bit like 500 points it dropped it's by still horribly overpriced it was no, by, dropped by like dropped, 20 you dropped by 20 i thought you dropped by like 100 points no, no, he's not, he's not that much. Now. He's 500 now. So he dropped by He was 520 before, I think. I don't know. Which Either way, good. It's, it's good, right? Like, he was good before, he's good now. He's just still vulnerable to mortal wounds. Yeah, he's okay. He just, uh, he's he just one of the never ones did that enough suffers, damage. Well, and he's one of the ones that suffers. And I think Stormcast in general are one of the armies that suffer most from the lack of malign sorcery items now. Yeah. malign The malign sorcery items were something that you could use to create a specific build in Stormcast because most of the items in Stormcast are really just not that hot. No, they, they're pretty bad. But I'm kind of wrestling with that now is that there aren't any... There's nothing for you to use those three items dead on? Dead nuts. Yeah, there are no dead nuts artifacts that are like, wow, this is awesome. You know, everything is like, okay. Yeah. You know? And I mean, like, and I make the most of it, I think. But uh, it's just okay. Yeah. Let's hear uh, about your list, man. Yep, dive into your list, Jefferson. Can we take five for a minute? Uh, yeah, we can take, take five. Take a break. Take a break. I'm just for a second. gonna I get pee. more booze. I gotta pee so bad. Hi, this is Robin from Blow Ranking Family in Prince George, BC. You're listening to Party at the All Points. <laughs> 
Enjoy responsibly. <laughs> hey. Come back, ladies and gentlemen, to JB and JB Talk HVAC. We're going to talk to you now <sighs> about the benefits of a heat pump system over a conventional gas AC. Jeff, why don't you talk to me about what your opinion is if you were to pick for someone who lives in, let's say, the mid to west Tennessee climate, what, what kind of system would you be picking up? Um, well, it's pretty hot down here, so you probably don't need a boiler system. Definitely uh, not. So I, I would I would probably lean out of that. Um, every every building here is customarily equipped with uh, with an AC unit, um, and you don't you don't see too many you don't see too many gas boilers around here. So we don't have extreme winters. No, good call. All right, sorry, you were saying Dayton. I don't have AC. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you Talking live in about, Canada. Of course you don't have AC. Yeah, in Canada, you just open a window. No, no, we're starting to get that way. I was actually talking to the wife that maybe it's something we want to invest in because we believe in global warming and things are not going to get better. So This is this is not a political podcast, goddammit. <laughs> I'm not here to talk about, about global warming. I'm a believer. <laughs> Science, you know, I just, I have a thing about believing in science. Anyway, you know, you're not American. You, you believe in science. <laughs> and that's why our border is closed <laughs> to you guys. Oh, and... You're always messing with me because I believe in science. <laughs> <laughs> For all you Nacho Libre fans out there. you so Fantastic. Get that corn out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> Save me some of that corn for later. I can't, you le- I can't believe you let them hurt me like this. Look at me. I'm a genius. I go to bed every night by myself. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> I have had diarrhea since Easter's. <laughs> Where are the chips? Why are there no chips? <laughs> oh. It gave me no eagle powers. It gave me no nutrients. <laughs> Go ahead, kids. Read some books. <laughs> uh, All right, let's talk about that Stormcast list, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Much like Jacob alluded to, um, uh, I am running the Super Battalion. Uh, it has the it's the Vanguard battalion set, if you will. It has the uh, let me just flip to it real quick, and I'll give you the official names. Uh, the Vanguard auxiliary auxiliary chamber, the Vanguard Angelus conclave, and the Vanguard Justicar conclave. And what that uh, that last one composes of is probably the main source of your offense. And that's going to be three units of Vanguard Raptors and three units of Aether Wings. And they can uh, re-roll hit rolls of one for the Raptors if the Aether Wings are within 18 inches of the target. And then um, the Angelos um, Battalion gives you – you have to take at least one to three units – of Palidors, which are awesome, by the way, and three to nine units of the Vanguard Hunters, uh, who also have some great value. And their thing is um, when they use the Ride the Winds, they roll nine dice instead of six, which is awesome. It's primarily just the Palidors at that point, but uh, they're extremely awesome in that regard. Uh, The Ride the Winds allows you to drop down um, greater than three inches away from an enemy, which lets you use your pistols 
Uh, you can't charge, but that's okay. Uh, and then the big one, you require a Lord Aquilor, which as Jacob pointed out, got cheaper. Uh, and he complements that, pa that Palador group quite nicely. Uh, and then you have to take between three and nine of the knight type characters, which is either the Azeros, which is to do with the lantern, the Venator, which is the bow guy, or the Knight Zephyr, which is the axe person who... Useless. Yeah, who super she was sucks. So, she was so good for just a minute when she her battalion was legal. Black Talons Hunters or something like that. Super yeah, cool. Yeah, Black Talon. Yeah. She is a model who looks like she has so much potential, and then when you actually look at it and really look at it, you realize that she's just terrible. She just can't function, can't do anything. She just sucks. Just garbage. I don't, I don't understand the concept there. Um, it doesn't work, whatever it is. So you can go on ahead and scrap that one. Um, so it's three to, three to nine of the Knights, Azeros, or Venators of your selection. Uh, and then you have to take the other two battalions. And the benefit here is you get plus one attack to all your missile weapons with the exception of your heroes. Now that is the big clincher. That's what makes this whole thing work. That boost in offense is absolutely insane. So what I did, I have this and I went anvils. So now I can use this huge surplus. Uh, by the way, this is three CP just right off the top. There you go. Three CP just for you. Mm -hmm. So I can use anvils to fire all my Raptor units twice if I want. Now I, I play them a little more. I start mine out in reserve. So my second shot comes on turn two, but my first shot still hits like a truck because I'm going to drop down wherever I need to be. And the concept there is I see where you go. You try to screen me. And then I just drop down and put myself in a spot where I still get what I want. Um, and with six, with six shots per unit, I, oh, by the way, in order to make this work, it's all minimum squad sizes. Like yeah, you come out. It only works if you go min squads. Yes, it's all minimum squad sizes. So it's three Palladors, three times three Raptors, three times three Aether Wings, um, three five-man units of Vanguard Hunters, and then three Knights. Now, uh, you have some play there on which one you want to take. You can run all three Venators if you want, and it's exactly 2,000 points. So it's perfect. It's This whole thing at minimum size is exactly 2K if you take three Knight Venators. Now, you can... You could sell me on an argument to take two Knight Venators and an Azeros, perhaps. But with the shooting strength of this army, the Venators are really, really nice. And I know that they have some efficiency issues and very swingy. But when it goes off, man, I mean, I assassinated a regular slam with these guys. They dropped down and just killed him dead. I got my big hit through. And I had him on, I had the one with the Luckstone was the one that got it done. And I made that damage go from a one plus three to a six plus three. So he took nine damage, you're dead. So um, I have tons of shooting in this list. This list goes and basically caps every objective turn one. This is a one drop list, guys. So this thing drops down. Um, I keep my Vanguards and Aether Wings in reserve. I deploy. Um, two out of three of the hunter units and the Palladors and the Aquilor and the three archers because they're because so mobile. Also, the Aquilor lets you relocate. Yes, he does. Units if you want. Uh-huh. 
He sure he has can. A, he has to pick him up and put him down within range of a board edge. He does. And his yes. thing is within seven of a board edge. Interestingly. Yep. All of the Vanguard are like that. Yeah. Yeah. So the hunter that's in reserve, he can pop up within seven inches of the enemy. So you can use your pistols. Yeah. And what that that just messes with people's zoning. Um. Because yeah, everyone's used to putting up nine-inch bubbles. Uh huh. That's very strong. The Lord Aquilor, his mount trait that I give him is to give him a bonus uh, dice for the Aether Wing move, or like for the Ride the Winds move. Yeah. Because the Paladors, the way I've consistently used them is turn one, they ride right up to an objective that is lightly, you know, like whichever one, I'll pick a side how they're going to go, and they'll ride right up to the objective, and he'll be right behind them. Mm-hmm. And he's actually got really great melee, and his relic is the Quicksilver Draught that allows him to activate at the start of the fight phase. So somebody comes Fucking in. Fucking activation tr- wars, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> so somebody comes in and tries to kill him. Nope, motherfucker. You're going to have to, you know, you take your chances. He can totally kill you. If I roll well, you're dead. Yeah, he's or, good. Well, you can die. He's one of the better melee guys in the book. And the bird yeah. is really good. Yeah, the bird is just uh, three bloodletter attacks, but with yeah. good rend. Yeah, rend two at minimum, and if he gets a six to hit, it automatically wounds, and it's immortal. Yeah. So, quite good. This list generates an atomic shitload of mortal wounds, which is great, and it's all it, none of it's magic oriented because I don't have a wizard. But the raptors, and by the way, in case it wasn't obvious, all the raptors are long strikes. So I um, think there's a place so for hurricanes, is, but I think they work better in a big, in a giant block. You couldn't agreed. really work them in a small yeah. in a three and you have to have no they, they don't do retiring. enough with three and it wouldn't fit with the points yeah but uh the raptors their big advantage is that 30 inch range when they drop down because they don't count as moving so they are i have the best range of anything in the game it's going to be really hard to zone out against me especially because i have so much mobility um I have not been able, I haven't had an instance where I couldn't shoot whatever I wanted. And uh, it's, this is a really powerful list. And with anvils, um, I, and I have mobile heroes who can get around to make sure that they have the radiuses to grant bonus, you know, hero face shooting. So I, I really love the hero selection because there's no point where my heroes aren't doing something. The archers, even if they're not like, ball busters they do have six attacks which is nice three from the bow and three from the bird so uh, here's a thought for you and i shouldn't give away good trade secrets like this but i'm gonna go ahead and, and do it anyway did you know that if you get a heat pump system and you decide <laughs> i'm just kidding um so so price will attest to this i uh i actually when I play my Skaven, I actually use the Jon Snow deployment and I use my, I use some of my squishy shooting as bait to get people to come in too close to me. Now I know your list doesn't actually have a ton of combat punch, but have you ever thought about putting one of your, like deploying one of your Raptor units right on the line, right up front, since you're going to get to control who goes first, you can mm-hmm. use that to bully people to stay away or force them to come closer to you. And oftentimes they'll end up out of position because they have to go aggro trying to get one of your units of three. Have you thought about that ever? I have had three games with this list 
and so you're saying every no. so no i mean it, it it isn't a matter of having not thought about it because i you know consider the no, situation my, my bad my bad jeff <laughs> <laughs> sorry no, to I mean, waste it, it, your time talking no, 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 about no, tactics not. for no, you no, no, no. this is the kind of stuff that i like but um it's you know the tactical flexibility of being able to drop anywhere is just mm -hmm. so strong that my natural my natural generic strategy is to leave them in reserve of course um but then but you don't yeah, get I mean, to shoot twice and that's having, true, but having one unit shoot twice and possibly also really affecting where they where your opponent deploys i think yeah. could be a pretty big tactical benefit yeah that's a, it's a great Especially, point you know sort of depends on what the objectives look like but if you put it so that they're in range of two objectives and then you give your opponent first turn instead of you taking first turn and just smashing off all their heroes. Ooh. Then yeah. they're in a lot of trouble. Do they come after your Raptor unit? Do they go for the objectives? Do they open themselves up to getting shot to shit? Yeah, I mean, and plus the, a lot of the value there is trying to bait out whatever reserves they might have. Right. To That's get true. them to kind of blow their load, and then you counter and take it all out. And then they're not in a position to stop you any future rounds i spend so much of my time just trying to get my opponents to blow their load before i do mine yep <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> I, I, I almost and i almost I'm never done. do i almost never do <laughs> i always lose some people have a condition that they can't help so you know you got to do what you do um i have played against this list one time uh as i stated earlier in the episode i found it to be uh both a very fun uh list to play against and a very potent list it's nice because it doesn't do anything other than just play like effectively normal, um, you know, normal rules, right? It shoots at you, it moves. It's got movement tricks and tactics and stuff, but uh, it's not in any way uninteractive to play against. It's shooting, which some people, you know, don't love, but I don't really think that that's a big concern. And it plays close to its theme because the idea behind it is that they're the vanguard hunters right it's a vanguard wing so they're out hunting down targets and the units fit into it so having played against it it's both potent but also still engaging to play against which i think is a, a pretty cool element of the list as well yeah Sorry, guys, it, did it, you say the word potent one more time i'll say potent as much as i want god damn it you live in Nashville. There. you don't get to talk man oh me. he gone <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny i'll talk shit about uh, people from nashville all day long yeah for our yes. listeners jacob has now left the room <laughs> he has but he'll be for, back he's our, for, i'm sure he's already asking for permission but um yeah i mean like one thing that's really great about this list is like what price was saying is that it's kind of hard to create any kind of feels bad with it i mean obviously it's really powerful in shooting and you know it's shockingly powerful but um, it doesn't inflict any minuses to hit, so you still do your shit fine, you know? Like, your gimmick is uninterrupted, unless I just kill it, you know? Unless your gimmick is getting near you in the in the charge phase. In which case, <laughs> you're going to stop them from doing that with your three or four units of aim. Yes, yes. If, if you were trying to melee my raptors, then um, I could probably buy myself enough time to, 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 to stop that, but... So I really like that list. Um, I have a couple lists that I put together using the new points because I hadn't been really playing with it up until now. Um, the first one is basically a sort of all comers Stormcast list. 
uh, a little bit after the the like Les Martin build. Uh, so it's got you know the Star Drake with um, with staunch. It's got a Castellant to probably beef up the the Star Drake. It's got a, a Heralder to give run and charge to spoiler alert the unit of four Fulminators. It's got three units. I'm sorry, two units of Judicators and one of Liberators. Um, it's got an Encanter and a Veritant, so you have two Unbinds and one of them's an Auto Unbind. And you could honestly switch one of those out to get a second Castellant. There's nothing that says you can't double up on the Castellant buff. Um, and yeah, like I said, four Fulminators and five Evocators, probably just to guard your backfield and keep your shooting alive. Um, like it, the thing is, a list like this, it'll fight well it'll shoot well, but it doesn't do anything exceptionally. The thing it does exceptionally is keep the Celestant on Star Drake alive, I guess. But I don't know. I, it's, it's one of those things where it's like you build an all-comers list with Stormcast, and there's other all-comers lists for other armies that just do other stuff so much better. right? Like, mm -hmm. does this stand up to Skaven or Daughters of Cain or Zinch or Cities or war clans or ogres like i'm just listing every army i can think of because the answer <laughs> is pretty much no night if you hunt played super yeah. will maybe yeah sure it'll handle night haunt half the time maybe it did yeah. i it'll lied I, I played against stormcast and it was very close to that list and i just bogged down the storm the the drake right and, and just took the objective yeah. i don't know yeah. i tried playing around with the drake list for a while and he just was like I'm gonna kill three models this turn. It's cool. Yeah, you know, just he's he's just like everything else in Stormcast. He's highly susceptible to bad dice, and none of their hit values are elite the way their points are. You I mean, know, like there's threes. a lot of things there's out no there twos. that hit on twos. Yeah, there's nothing that hits on twos. Not even the prime. And there are yeah. other guys in other armies who are not conceptually elite who do hit on twos. Okay. And so, so it's just a, it's to look, a tough pill to swallow. If you want to see the rules match the the, the, the narrative, the you are in the wrong feel. fucking yeah. game. Because every battle tome <laughs> is all about how amazing your army is. Every battle tome. 100%. Um, all right. So I built two other lists that are maybe worth talking about. Probably not. One of them is actually the list that I used to play. Uh, and like if I went back to playing Stormcast, it would probably be this. Uh, it's the Arcanum on Cat. I've got a Castellant and a Relictor. And I know I'm like being a, uh, I'm being a hypocrite right now because I'm not taking the Veritant. Literally, it's just because I don't have it painted. But you could swap that out. I actually have 10 points extra in this list. So you could take the Veritant instead of the Relictor. You got five Sequiturs. You got 10 Sequiturs. You got Judicators. You've got the uh, Evocators on Cats six of them and evocators on foot you've got 10 of them and you've got the battalion cleansing phalanx which puts you at an even 2000 and that's going to be one two three four five drops so you're going to be out dropping a lot of armies but you're also going to be not hanging with the like super high tier low yeah. drop armies you get to drop stuff from the sky you get to make your nine inch charges you'll probably wreck whatever you charge you have a little bit of shooting and you have some good staying power with those sequiturs. But at the end of the day, you probably can't handle a counter charge. Like my problem with this list is I would play against Skaven. You go in and you will wreck whatever they put up as their screen. 
and then you'll take plague monks or then you'll take shots from acolytes or then you'll take shots from storm fiends right like whatever it is is gonna kill you back because stormcast just unless you build tanky which is really not fun and like also it's not going to win you games or just keep your stuff alive you're not going to be able to keep your stuff alive against the massive output that most armies have now so that's my problem with it uh the other way i've played this army is you take out the um you take out the battalion and you take out the 10 evocators and you sub in another six desolators. So you've got two units of six massive cavalry and they just run around charging things and killing things, which is a ton of fun. But like, are you gonna have enough bodies? No. Are you gonna be able to hang with mortal wounds? No. It's the whole problem that this book suffers from, which is I think um, that it was written in 2018 or written in 2017 right. for a 2018 meta and everything else now is written in 2019, 2020 and is all turned up to like fucking 11. Yeah. That's inarguably like Stormcast is a book that shows its age. Um, No matter what you put together, there's always going to be this feeling of, holy shit, other armies can do what now? Uh, But this this is what I get to do. Um, I will say, I think as we kind of move towards summation, as we talked about a couple of lists, I think the point changes help. I think they can make Stormcast at least more engaging uh, and a little bit more fun to play. Uh, I think Jeff's list has some real legs and can probably do some interesting things. I think as a whole, Stormcast is still probably a pretty rough book to try and get. I, I think if your goal is to 5-0 a major, I, I still wouldn't encourage you to pick up Stormcast for that adventure. But if you want to play them because the models look really cool and you think the lore behind them is awesome, the points changes do give you some new options and some new tools to play with and have a good time. I mean, it basically gets you one extra hero in your list, which is arguably in a lot of armies in a lot of books, really all it takes to go from like good to great. Unfortunately with Stormcast, it's probably like needing two more heroes and then probably 10 or 15 more bodies on top of that. I don't know if there's in that context, there's no way to fix it. You have to rewrite it. They just, they just need better values. They need they need to hit easier. They need more rend. They don't have do hardly think, any rend. Do you think that the whole army would be better with a couple storm hosts that were a little bit better, and in like thinking like Petrifex Elite or thinking about like some of the really awesome Luminath or, or OBR stuff? Yeah, exactly. The sub factions, right? Or thinking about daughters, like some of their really good sub factions. Right, like, do you think that if they rewrote the book, <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's, there's one. Um, if they rewrote the book with a couple things like that, maybe a couple usable artifacts, and gave them, maybe with the artifacts, was the way to get command abilities and command. Really, I'm sorry, get get more command points flowing. Mm-hmm. I honestly think that could be the difference for the army. It, I don't think that it takes a super heavy rewrite to get everyone plus one to hit. Yeah, I mean, to a degree. I mean, I think I think the the problem is what I said before is they just for their cost they just don't compete with cheaper role dedicated units. And I have right. role dedicated units, but they're just not as good. And there's no reason why they aren't. Because well, they're costed list... as if they're the best, but they're not. Yeah, so... I think your I think your list actually 
is probably the most focused you're ever going to see a Stormcast yeah. list be. It's and going it's to probably... get the best juice for the squeeze, I think. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I think it's definitely a situation where, without getting too deep into, like, Sigmar design as a whole, elite armies are generally in a fairly weird spot most of the time because uh, most objectives are done off of body scoring and things like that. So playing elite armies can sometimes present a challenge. I do agree with Jacob in the sense that I think that if the command abilities were more readily usable and they had access to more command abilities, or sorry, more command points, that there's a way to make that, because at that point you can start to really magnify the impact of your Stormcast units, yeah. right? If, you're, if you've got access to lots of good command abilities and the ability to use them, in some respects, you're talking about OBR, kind of the way OBR does Relentless Discipline, right? If, if Stormcast had a mechanic where they were able to self-buff more effectively, I think it could really help Stormcast push into a, a more interesting space design-wise. Yeah, or if the storm hosts were a little bit more like the change hosts, you know, <laughs> like the various the various Zinch cults, because those are, there's a lot of them there that have like, ooh, this is interesting, yeah. or ooh, this is amazingly powerful, or whatever. You know, like most of the storm hosts are just like, wow, what is this? Like, why is this even in print? They're Some playing the same book with Sylvaneth and Nighthunt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Information silo information silos at Games Workshop have been a design problem they've had for years, uh, and it's not changing anytime in the near future, unfortunately. Uh, that said, I don't know that um, anybody wants to spend the next hour listening to me complain about Games Workshop's design ethos. So, uh, <laughs> Rob might, maybe Rob might mm-hmm. be interested in it. Simes, <laughs> never met him. Yeah, there it is. There's the never game. Heard of her. Um, I wrecked him. I damn near killed him. There we Yay. go. <laughs> Liquor. I barely even know her. Um, I think we should talk about the real best way to build a Stormcast army. Price. What's up? Do you think it's Tempest Eye or do you think it's Living City? <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. Um, man, that's actually really difficult because I've been playing a lot of Living City. But I think Tempest Eye is where it's at right now. I think Tempest Eye got a lot of help. KO drops uh, help Tempest Eye. KO works surprisingly no, 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 well. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. We're talking about how to build the best Stormcast list with cities. So do you think the best Stormcast list is with Tempest Eye or with Living City? Strictly using stormcast units other options i'm actually going to go living city because i think that living city can help make certain units that if they could get there or if they had access to a really specific buff they can bring that to the table uh celestial hurricaneum does wonders for dracoth riders Mm -hmm. and ambush shoot move dracoths in combat before your opponent gets Um, plus one to hit but yeah celestial hurricane is plus one to hit i mean yeah that's that that to me is like okay now i've turned the corner to being pretty solid yep because um, once again beating the dead horse their hit values are really bad <laughs> for how much they cost but yeah i think strictly using stormcast i'm gonna go i'm gonna say living cities here because dracots are awesome and providing you a mechanism to get dracots into a fight without your opponent being able to really like screening and obviously is a thing but you've got some answers to get dracots straight into a fight very quickly and do a lot of damage very early on yeah well, I'm now thinking about what does it look like to do my um, my army of of giant cats and giant 
Drakoth Riders in Tempest Eye for the extra three-inch move on the first turn. Yeah, buddy. It's pretty badass. That um, seems like a lot of fun. Yeah. super. And you've got plus one save on the first turn, too, which mm-hmm. really helps you weather what your opponent's going to put out for a turn enough for you to close the gap. Yeah. How many drops is a list like that? That's like uh, – uh, unlimited number, right? Cities of Sigmar, okay, so you just, you so just that's a turn it. two. That's a turn two army. Yeah, yeah, Cities of Sigmar as a whole has almost no way to play low drops. You just say fuck it, take all the shit in the world you want, and then chaff drop Plan, your and then until you design for turn two. Yeah, right. Or second second turn rather. Yeah, turn two. I wonder though. There is a really cool artifact in Tempest Eye for that build too, Jacob, because they have a banner as one mm-hmm. of their army specific that gives you uh, reroll charges. Which is pretty oh, rad. shit. Well, Evocators on Dracline already reroll charges. Yeah, they already do natively. that. Yeah. yeah, it would be primarily for Dracos to help the Dracos get in and, and clean yeah. stuff up. Yeah. So, General on Griffin, three units of Pistoliers. Yep. What's the... Um, What's the battalion? Is it the general and the three units of pistoliers? Yep, which is actually probably one of the better ones in Cities of Sigmar. It's it is, super good. Um, what is it called? Uh, is that the, Windrunners. Yeah, Windrunners. Ah, shit. I'm 40 points over. <laughs> um, maybe drop the Desolators. And that leaves you with... Oh, wow. That's like an extra 500 points. So you could make all the Pistoliers units of 10. Okay, so I'm sitting on Lord Arcanum on Dracoline, Freegill General on Griffin, who's a general, six Evocators on Cats, three units of Pistoliers that are 10s each, and the Battalion. I've got 230 points left. Can you fit a... Hurricanum 220. Holy yep. shit. I love this list. <laughs> yeah, oh it's the my God. Version, but you can definitely slide him in there and he gets And the work he still done. gives the plus one to hit, right? Yep. Still gives plus one to hit and still has one of the most ludicrous shooting attacks in the game. Holy crap. I think I just built the list, guys. We, we figured <laughs> out Stormcast. Oh, wait. Is this legal? There's uh, two probably. units of. There's two units of. You got enough uh, battle line? You got plenty yeah, of the, battle line. One, two, battle three. Line. I've got four units that are not the Stormcast. I and think I'm only allowed. There's two units of Stormcast, and there's four units of everything else. Yeah, it's got to be or one and five. four. It's got to be one and four, so you'd have to Fuck. just break. Well, here it's super easy. Break up the Pistoliers. Oh sure. Well, I mean, it, but does it fit in the battalion if it's yeah? More because than three? it's up to six units in the battalion. Holy crap! So yeah, just break up a couple of your Pistoliers to make your uh, to make your unit count work. Nice. Yeah, nice. I think that's probably a little bit better anyway, don't you think? Oh, there we right. go. So, yep. this, so Lord Arcanum on the Dracoline, Freegill General on Griffin, six of the cats, and then a 10, a 10, a 5, and a 5 of the Pistoliers yep. and the Hurricanum. And we're looking at a 1, 2, 3, 4 drop. It's not bad. That moves, everything moves, well, I don't know how fast the Hurricanum moves, but everything moves like 15 inches or more on the first turn. That's nice. <laughs> and plus one save on everything for the first turn, so you can really help weather your... Uh, uh, Celestial Hurricaneum is move 10, so it's going to go 13 in the first turn, and uh, you probably are just going to go ahead and run with it. So, I kind of love this list. Yep. Like, I'm actually kind of psyched about it. 
So the lesson, now, podcast so listeners, is that the best way to play Stormcast is to play Cities of Sigmar. Yeah, um, how's that for a troll? You yeah. know, like your your army is so lameh that it's better somewhere else. Hey, hey, hey. our army is so meh. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. So you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my list here. I think it is pretty strong. Uh, I do agree that if you're trying to win a GT, then just just play change host or something. They're so damn powerful. If you're trying to win a GT, move to Canada because you can't even play. Oh yeah, you can't play here, so you're shit (laughs) out of luck. Yep, you have shit creek. This could be a major at the end of August. I tell you what, man, what a jib. There'd be nothing here at the end of August with yeah. uh, Sands rising death numbers. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody. Really glad that we ended on that high note. Uh, <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Uh, death and destruction. Um, COVID nineteen. So here's a high note. Wife gave me permission. She, I have to bring her with me. But if everything looks good, ATC is a thing for me. Eventually, one day when we get back to having tournaments. Okay. Seriously, fuck ATC. Come to Nashcon. Hmm? Hmm? Nashcon, Nashcon's super close. It's uh, inevitably it's like a month after ATC. Uh, ATC, ATC is July. Yeah, yeah, and then Nashcon is yeah, August and usually August. end of August. End of August. Yeah, Nashcon's. The we were gonna program. go. I had my tickets. Yep. It got canceled. Yep. Nashcon is a fucking blast. It's fun. But ATC uh, is all right. Cool. So let's let's talk about what we're really here to talk about, you guys. Did you guys do your research on Reddit porn since we, our last episode? No. <laughs> to be 100% honest with you, I didn't, man. I expected Dayton to do this. <laughs> uh, I did f- finish watching the series, though. Um, what was it? Uh, the last one? It's the Who Wants to Be a Next Porn Star? It's older. It's like three years ago. This, isn't, this is not the homework I assigned you. Uh, you didn't You're telling me you didn't you didn't do the homework I assigned. That's fine. Uh, that's fine. That's the Blair wins it. Oh, spoiler alert! <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I had it on my DVR. It's very entertaining if you're looking for something to watch. <laughs> I just, I'm just imagining what that day looks like. Where you're like, you know what? I've run out of everything else to watch. Let's watch Who Wants to Be a Porn Star. Okay, yeah. but I've watched I've watched a, a couple um, like porn reality shows. The maybe that's the one I'm that I'm thinking of. Do they have both male and female talent on that one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think I have watched that one. And the one guy gets kicked out for uh, jerking off all the time in front of everyone. I have not. <laughs> Man, know, th- people are such prudes. <laughs> what? What a prick! <laughs> but they still bring him back because he's got a monster unit, so they don't really want to let him go. A <sighs> uh, story of my life. Um, not no, really. no. And other carefully crafted lies. <laughs> All I'm hearing is, of interest. is um, that you brought some guy back because he had a monster unit price. That's, that's actually <laughs> what I was getting at. Uh, I'm glad that uh, Jacob picked up the real moral of the story. I think it was directed by Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. Or Spearbago. Sorry, I what? misread that. <laughs> what a fucking invention. He was either that or saving been. Private Ryan. Saving Ryan's privates. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Not that I think Elric Edge uh, from uh, Rolling Bad Podcast will ever listen to our show, um, but if you have any great puns, you should send them his way because he's a big oh fan God. of them. It's my favorite thing to do. Well, one of my favorite things to do. 
is to uh, is j- anytime someone posts a good pun on Twitter, is just to tag him in the thread. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Makes me Sweet. so happy. All right, that's episode 11. Uh, big thanks to Jacob for coming back on the show to talk yes. podcast in my place because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about and I had no time to do research because I'm a perfect host. And yeah, so thanks for tuning in, listening to the end. Obviously a little bit of a spoiler there for your uh, series of porn. Sorry about that. But I still <laughs> recommend watching it because it's very entertaining. Watch that with oh my cat. Remember folks, Heat pumps are good unless your region gets below 35 degrees on a consistent basis. Otherwise, gas AC is the way to go. I got gas. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good evening. Appreciate it, guys. Take care, guys. Thank you. Can I say racist things now? Are we done recording?